Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, we're talking about the black and white art house Iranian vampire flick, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me, I have a collection of cinebites and cinephiles to talk about this movie tonight. First, my co-host and comic book writer, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? Like this movie, I'm very low. <laughs> I really enjoyed this movie. This is my second time watching it. If I was going to watch it again, I'd probably watch it at one and a half speed. (laughs) Yeah, they'd make the subtitles a little awkward, but other than that, you wouldn't miss much. Uh, Next up, my frequent collaborator, comics artist, and certified vampire aficionado, Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? I'm doing great. This movie is my jam. Let's go. If I had to guess anybody's jam this movie would be, it would be yours. <clears throat> and our special guest tonight, the creators and host of the hit narrative horror podcast, Old Gods of Appalachia, Cam Collins and Steve Shell, to steal a little bit from you guys. Hello, family. Hello. How are you guys doing that, that, tonight? That, 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 that'll cost you $1,000. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Good luck. Patriot, Patriot, yeah, yeah, help no. us with Fine. the hey, eagle bells, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey guys, how y'all you, how doing? Thank y'all for having us on. Yeah, thanks oh, so much. Of course. Yeah, no, I am a huge fan of your guys' show, but for anybody listening who hasn't listened to you, how would you guys describe your show? It is single narrator. We were we were we referred to it as Appalachian Eldritch because Southern Gothic isn't quite exactly the right descriptor, and we don't like the L word. Um, Lovecraftian. It's an Lovecraft. Ah. Oh, I was gonna say it's an overrated show. Yeah, it's totally. It was good for its day. But um, one of our, uh, yeah, basically it's uh, the, the telling of a history of an alternate Appalachia, wherein the reason Appalachia is because thousands of shit cosmic id that was set to devour the universe. And that is why Appalachia is the place no one was ever meant. And yet people do. <laughs> Sounds like a documentary. Names and dates have been changed to protect someone. We're not sure who. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say in, uh, in a lot of ways, it shares some of the good things in common with that L word you're talking about without all of the horrible shitty things that go with that L word. Well, I, I maintain that if his name had not sounded like a BDSM themed cologne, <laughs> that uh, we wouldn't even talk about him because there were other pulp writers who did what he did. Like, yeah, he made up Cthulhu, big fucking deal, okay? Uh, but like, if his name had been Howard Jones, we wouldn't be talking about Jonesy and horror. The guy yeah. just happened to have a good brand and it's stuck. You. But then, but if you ever want to know why people hate him, because I, I have edgelords who claim not to know, I'm like, Google what he named his cat and shut up. <laughs> and if you don't know what he named his cat, Google what he named his cat. And you'll, it's, it's right there. If you need, think about how many of his stories are entirely based off of fear of an unknown other. And then think, what could that, what could that possibly? possibly? As somebody who grew up in the 90s and was surrounded by uh, edgelords, I, you speaking to my heart? Because I, yeah. <laughs> um, edgelords in the 90s? Is that a thing? What? What? Who? I... <laughs> well, we all, the soul patch that I used to have, yeah. would, it, it aches an acknowledgement of my 90s edgelord patch. Ed, edgelord <laughs> is a state of mind. <laughs> um, 
I mean, my edgelord, my edgelord is in there and like a Russian doll, just she's in there. Wait, she waits. She has opinions. I feel um, like the 2000s was just edgelord, the decade. Yeah. I mean, there's always a little bit of edgelord in all of us as we are all star stuff, you know. It is, but the 2000s are where the phrase grim and gritty reboot truly became like common. I yeah, mean, I, I, would ar- I, I would slightly argue that the grim and gritty edged back into the very end of the late 90s because all I have to say is WWF Attitude Era. If you look at where oh. pro wrestling was in the late 90s, it was all barbed wire, blood, and saying the F word that gets bleeped and blurred out middle fingers. That edged it. That fed into the time you were talking about, Ben, my friend. That is, yes, you are not incorrect, but I would, I would, I would staple my trailer onto your trailer and now we have a double. Oh yeah, and then yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna come in Hell with the yeah. caravan here and remind us all of the '90s aesthetic of um, uh, urban alleyways in the dark with a lot of plastic sheeting. So um, Timothy Bradstreet, the crow was yes. a Timothy game changer. I mean, I'm gonna add my trailer to the rest of these trailers. <laughs> at which point, I say the it's a train. That got popular in the '90s is a result of the things that happened in the late '80s in mm. pop culture. Like I will, I'm gonna say the name Frank Miller because like ah yes, that's like Frank the, F, the other F word, the other F word, <laughs> the other yeah. F word. Yeah, like 1987, 88 when Frank Miller is doing Batman and you have Watchmen and all these things that are like revolutionary for their time. The 90s is then when we do that over and over and over and over. Oh yeah, I mean, and I now wa- I'm gonna append my 70s horror. <laughs> no, anyway. <laughs> No, I mean, I'll admit, in the 90s, I watched Sin City with a full-body geek boner. I mean, like, when <laughs> that movie yes. came out, like, it's frame for frame from the comics, and it's so violent, and so high, 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 high. Yeah, it's just like that. I think if, and I think for the movie we're talking about tonight, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, I feel like to get its influences, you got to go back to, like, spaghetti westerns, like Sergio Leone, like, that slow, Oh, 100%. Like, it just, it, yeah. the, the movie is just, I like, I called it slow earlier, I don't mean that like, it's like, what I mean is that it's really what it is, is it's deliberate. This it's movie a, is fertile with pregnant pauses. Yes. Yes, I owe it child support. <laughs> <laughs> this, this I think movie David is, Lynch owes it child support, honestly. Mm. Oh yeah. Like this is a movie that speaks so rarely, but wants you to be, and you are, hey, hang on every word that is spoken. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, um, just yeah, as a little. Let's, let's do the basics here. Yeah. Uh, it was written and directed by Anna Lily Amirpour. Um, it stars Sheila Vand, Arash Morandi, Marshall Manesh. Um, and the sort of what it's about is a difficult thing to say. I'm just going to hit you with the IMDb uh, listing here. It's an Iranian ghost town, bad city, uh, which is the name of the city. A place that reeks of death and loneliness. The townspeople are unaware that they are being stalked by a lonesome vampire. Um, and as far as scare level, <laughs> would you guys say this is spoopy as in not scary, spooky as in a little scary, outright terrifying, or existentially disconcerting? I love that they that their summary is stalked by a vampire. And I'm like, this is a meat cute. It's a meat cute. She does literally this stalk is, people, though. This is she yeah. does so much of this. I want to make a super cut of how much of this movie is just her following people on sidewalks. And she doesn't always eat them. Sometimes she's just kind of 
following them around. Sometimes she just wants to steal people's skateboards. Sometimes Sometimes she she just does a Marx Brothers routine. Sometimes sometimes she tells a child that she could remove his eyes from his skull and for the rest of his life he'll be blind and worthless. He has tried to do him a favor and, and, you know, make him a good person for the rest of his life. (laughs) In the most horrible way possible. We see that kid near the end of the movie. He is traumatized as fuck. Oh my god. But I bet he drinks his respect women juice. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes, he does. So I I have ADD and I I don't I don't struggle that much with but help me here. I just I just actually just did a rewatch last night. Was there just like a valley where you could dump a body? Yes. 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 Okay. That was people ditch. That's one of the first things you see in the movie is the main care is really the main protagonist just casually walking by an open gray like mass grave ditch. So well, this was, movie is existentially disconcerting to me. <laughs> yeah, like I, w- for when I saw that, my first take going into it blind was like, okay, is this like an alternate reality? Is this post-apocalyptic? Is this a place where they're just the town? Ta- every town has a pit. Like, you know, <laughs> does the county pay for that? Like, how does that work? Yeah, like that uh, was my question. It was like, did they have to say like, are those props and stunt people and like an extras? Or is that just like a thing in Kern County? Is there just an open mass grave in Kern <laughs> County, California? I mean, I assume, it's the I assume it wasn't in the script and they just got to Kern County and they were like, hmm. They're like, oh, look. Put that in there. <laughs> that, that's handy. Or, Hashtag or that. aesthetic. Or your, your location guy was like, forget about the soundstage. Forget about your cousin's little town. Listen, there's this taco truck I go to, but beside it, there's this, <laughs> hear me out. Ready-made dead people. All, like, we don't have to pay for nothing. They're face down. They don't have lines. No sag after nothing. Just free dead pit. And they, I think they just kind of bought in and went with it. Like, I oh, love, yeah, I, great. I love the aesthetic. It was very comic, like very black and white '90s comics movie style. You could actually hit skip ten on Amazon Prime and not miss really anything. Is if you saw a subtitle pop up, you could jump back. But I, I love this movie. I thought it was. 12 years ago me would have a tattoo of her probably <laughs> uh me now enjoyed this movie and yeah I'm, I'm anxious to hear what everybody else yeah um i guess before we jump into the the full scale review here uh what what sort of trigger warnings would we give people uh going into this movie i mean obviously there's drugs and withdrawal and yeah. some assault some blood yeah. some there's sexual some, abuse a little dismemberment going on a little dismemberment yes. we just our, our latest episode has a dismemberment content a dismemberment yes it does a dismemberment <laughs> and disfigurement content yep. warning on it uh there Definitely. will be a dick removal content warning on it but we yes it does that falls under disfigurement uh um, some sexual abuse uh from saeed and oh yeah Addy. yep yep uh mm-hmm. The cat's fun. Nothing bad happens to the cat, though. Yeah, I looked, I looked Nothing bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, the cat's fine. The, the dog cat. is fine. Guys, we did ginger snaps last week. I cannot tell you what a relief it was to have the animal be alive this fine. week. Fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, oh. Okay, let's, let's, let's back up because we talk about the pit, but no, 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 no. Where the movie really starts is young Brando, dude. Is he stealing this cat? Is he rescuing the cat? I'm not sure if he's stealing or rescuing this heckin' chonker, but it's, <laughs> this is how the movie begins. This is I, the chillest cat. Yes. This cat yes. every character just scoop him up in their arms. The and cat's like not protest yeah, or regular. Cool. He's just like, yeah, I'm getting snuggles. I'm in yeah. the air. All right, I, I, I'm a kitty. 
I wondered because I had previewed a little bit when I, 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 I the cat's name, by the way, is Miss like yeah. the thing oh. is named after the pervert corner on Dexter. Um, <laughs> oh, I but, didn't see uh, that's the oh, so like, oh, I like that name, but now I'm like, oh, no, that character. Uh, yeah, really gross, dude. Yeah, Ew, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I wondered when I first saw it, I'm like, okay, like I know he kind of like uh, get there's a vengeance. I'm like, well, it's, uh, and, I th- and I thought, oh, is this him getting his car and his dad's cat? Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, just out of nowhere, he steals. He has this like incredible restored convertible like machine that like I don't know how he afforded that unless he. Oh, he tells but... you he worked for two thousand one hundred ninety-one days, yeah, so I believe. I think to yes. earn the money for that car. He's very do. specific. So he's he working for as like that kind of years? like. Well, we see, yeah, we see him working as the like landscaper, handyman, handyman for what looks like yeah. a well-off family. So I took that as like he saved up for that, and, like it. poured it all into the car. As just... for the cat, I I figured that was either his dad's cat got out and he went looking for it, or he was just passing by. He's like, huh, that's a nice looking cat. I'm gonna take it home with me. And the cat was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like I'm chill. Let's go. Yeah, he, he's pretty clear about this is my cat. And yeah. uh, so I, yeah, it's I, and yeah, I'm not sure if like is he just like ah cool this is a cat I don't know if he stole the cat whatever he saw this cat took a liking to him and it's like oh, hey buddy let's go yeah this, this is Arash who is is played by a guy also named Arash um, and yeah it's interesting you say Brando because my first note on this is that Arash is just doing some James Dean shit when this thing opens He's that just, works like, too yeah. yes very got much the so he's leaning against the fence just like not doing much yeah. he's got that and whole then, 50s Arash. rebel look going on there especially when he gets the eyeliner like later in the movie he's got that real James Dean early Brando in it. so when he yeah he's our opening scene with him he is standing just chilling with that energy and what it seems like is that he's waiting and I feel like he's waiting for an opportunity to grab the cat <laughs> So yeah, we we to the fence and comes back out with a cat. Yeah. Like yeah. And those two things really lend themselves to the idea that, yo, you just stole this cat. <laughs> and yeah. um, I think it's important before we start really talking about the, um, the, the story of the movie is to talk about the setting because um, we're supposedly in the uh, fictional bad city of Iran. And this is filmed in Kern County, California. So where we are is a, is a fictional place in an exaggerated version of Iran through the, the lens of the director. Um, so, and I think that's really important to talk about in terms of cultural context, because this is an um, Iranian American movie. Um, you know, it's not strictly Iran. It's not strictly American. You know, it is Western, but there's a lot of like, cultural context cues that you know may seem very because all the dialogues in farsi all of the a lot of the like graffitis in farsi you know anytime um, there's a farsi street sign or yeah anything like that, they had to make they had to make that for the movie which i think is so impressive and and there's this amazing movie. jim jarmusch soundtrack that is almost completely in farsi uh, with the exception of like a few new wave tracks in, in the middle there that sound so much like Morrissey, but they're not Morrissey. Um, but, you know, the music is still like, you know, top notch uh, and, and incredibly um, apropos to the like that kind of 50s. Um, I, I keep wanting to say Jim Jarmusch because that's very much the vibe, you know, especially with the movie being uh, monochromatic and um you know as as artfully filmed as it is um 
but yeah so i i feel to, to go back to arash uh i'm pretty sure he he steals the cat because he's called out by a little kid um regarding the cat and the car yeah. Is it, um, maybe it's the kid's cat. Maybe Arash just stone cold stole this kid's cat. <laughs> but uh, well, I mean, the vampire stole his skateboard. Yeah. This poor kid's just this getting robbed left and right. Yeah, I do, I do want to talk about the use of Kern County movie because it was a very deliberate choice. I did some like research into it. Uh, like I believe Anna Lily, uh, I'm a poor, spent part of her life in Bakersfield, California, uh, and I've. I want to get your takes on it too, because I thought there was a lot about the location that really added to it. I mean, there's lots of, since you see like a lot of the, the oil wells, like mm-hmm. into the air. So to me, that also kind of became part of the vampire, like metaphor that this is an entire town who owned that exists to suck the blood of the earth, um, so to speak. Uh, and then because it was also Southern California and, you know, anyone who spent many time there, uh, that it's not a walkable place. Mm-mm. It's not a place designed for you to be able to walk to places to. And so the amount that we see characters walking in the movie, it always makes them feel like they're in this impossibly big place. Like they're in a place, like they're existing in a town that almost wasn't meant for people to exist in. I mean, much like the the Southern California desert, you know, this is a place that people really weren't um, meant to exist in, um, which is largely different from the uh, the the um, very uh, diverse landscape of Iran. Um, but it does tell a specific story about this place, bad city. You know, we'll we'll talk about class and stuff like that uh, when we talk about the the progressive politics. But um, it does a really good job of evoking a very kind of gnarly place without showing just stuff happening all the time. It is quietly sinister as opposed to, you know, a lot of these depictions of Southern California, um, you know, like L.A., where you see, you know, the urban jungle of L.A. or whatever. Um, and, you know, this is, this is not hiding anything in, in this suburb. You know, you have ditches full of bodies. Yeah, which are never commented on, by the way. Nobody yeah. ever says, yeah. look at that ditch full of bodies. Or, it's so weird that we have a ditch full of bodies in this town. Everybody <laughs> they, just walks by the ditch full of bodies. They do utilize the ditch full of bodies by I, putting another body in it at one point. Well, just, I want to say, if you don't. my, yeah. my <laughs> dumb, dumb brain wants to say there are elements of bad city that remind me of the town in uh, train spotting. But that's probably just me going like, yeah, because, you know, they both have heroin. Big like Boss Baby. <laughs> I've only ever bo- seen I've only ever seen Boss Baby, and this new movie I saw really gives me some Boss Baby vibes. Well, that, that's that's one of the things that that just I don't, I don't know. You don't often see outside of like stuff like Train Spotting and maybe Pulp Fiction. I'm sure there are movies that have graphic drug use, but like graphic realistic heroin use, mm-hmm. like that actually shows an injections an injection. That's that is gritty. That is the gritty reboot right there. That's the whole. Yeah, boot. you don't. That's yeah, like, yeah that's, you don't see a lot of that. There's just like there's a line that Hussein or Hussein uh, Arash's father has. You know, like the drug dealer is asking him. He just kind of whips and says like, and there was just such a there's there was such a just a, a vulnerability in break the father character. Like, even though he's broken the entire film, just mm-hmm. out of the gate, you're like, oh, what a 
this poor broken man or oh this this poor you know person who's suffering from addiction there was just there was just something real like when you junk cooking in a spoon any movie can do that when they actually show the injection they're kicking up the edge lord uh, or they're going for like a real graphic, like visceral, you know, stuff. Well, I'm sure there's more to say about that later. A lot but, of yeah, but we'll, and and not just ahead. your stereotypical injection, but like uh, that you say, oh, you know, in the arm. No, 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 no. He's fucking putting that shit between his toes. All right, that that's hardcore. And that's the, the first the time we see his kid. That's our introduction to that's the character. Your introduction yeah. to yeah. Arash. Yeah. A lot of really complicated feelings about Arash's father. Uh, which is fitting because Arash has a lot of really complicated feelings about his father. And uh, Hussein is not, he's, he's not depicted as a junkie. He's depicted as a victim. You know, he's a victim yeah. of, of the drugs, you know, unlike the, there's a lot of movies out there that depict drug use and um, you know, with varying uh, statements about um, drug use and, and people's decisions and what goes into that, you know, it's, it's complex. But, um, you know, Hussein is sad. He's not indulgent. Right. He's grieving as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I honestly think it's not until much later in the movie that Hussein is like decidedly a bad guy. Like, you know, he's not not a great dad, obviously. Obviously. But like, you know. He crosses a line that makes him vampire food. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He sure does. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, he, He dies right after doing a thing that's like, oh, man. I'm like, okay. oh, I no, no, no. <laughs> don't un- I guess spoil we're in the spoiler section. Uh moral of the story, don't unconsensually give people heroin. Do not. That's or a, don't it's just a, don't unconsensually. It's a it's a yeah, don't yeah. don't unconsensually. <laughs> um yeah. the uh, thing for people who get uh vampired in this movie is pretty <laughs> much unconsensually. Yeah. Oh, um, I have a lot to say about Saeed's seduction technique of snorting coke and then lifting weights. Oh, oh, man. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh hold on. When, <laughs> when we get to Saeed's like, apartment, I'm going to have a lot to say about that. Yeah. Let's talk I, about Saeed. <laughs> yeah, this is where we meet Saeed, who's the drug dealer and the pimp, um, and has a has a tattoo on the side of his head that says pimp in Farsi. And has a tattoo, mm-hmm. also, has a tattoo on, on his stern or on his collarbone that just says Sex. And yeah. also on his other, also on the other side of his neck, he has a Pac-Man tattoo. Yes, yes, Pac-Man. He has a broken heart. <laughs> He's really going for like the the De Antwerge, um Oh yes, like, he is absolutely. He the, is the one Ninja Visser look. He is one damaged tattoo away from being Iranian Joker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he's just like a Grand Theft Auto created character that just went Leo Rye. Uh, <laughs> there's just something from, right, he from, would from be his. Like, a GTA character, like a Grand Theft Auto based on Tehran. Like, shit, that's yeah. exactly the kind of character that would be in a yeah. GTA game. Yeah. But just like his his extreme haircut, that's like mm-hmm. almost unrealistic in, in just how Fifth Element it is, kind yeah. of that way, and just the sex. T- and he's in shape. Like, br- yeah. like bro's got a body. Like, oh, yeah. like that's, oh, yeah. that's yeah. like, oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's yeah. some. That's a Ripley. That's a Ripley waterbed he's rocking on there. Right <laughs> but, uh, on the inside, but it's fucking got it going on on the outside. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for for how slow we've made this movie sound and like artful and everything, a lot happens in this first ten minutes. You know, we get, we really get. You know, we mm-hmm. have um, uh, a rush, cat theft, uh, dead bodies in a ditch, dads on drugs, um, our LGBT. Uh, representation also which is a big thing in this movie 
well it's not that big of a thing but it's it's big it's that it's there it's thing. big that it's there <laughs> yeah um but uh Did i miss queerness yeah there's a <laughs> there's a character that is uh i believe trans yeah there's a trans oh, character oh right um yeah. joker dance just, just listed lady. as rockabilly yeah yeah just the rockability um okay. but I, yeah I so i was just like yeah you're in this movie too good on you yeah, so yeah. Saeed, Saeed comes in and demands money from uh, uh, from Hussein. He doesn't have it. He takes Arash's car uh, as as payment uh, and takes off with it. And then uh, Arash decides to fight a wall uh, as a result. Of yeah. Oh, I, I could a brick wall. Oh, yeah, I could and that, that's how you that. That, that's oh. how you end up at my friend at the hand hand and foot clinic where my friend works and she lectures you about why you shouldn't punch walls there, that's very bad there, <laughs> is, there is one thing saeed does in this scene that i thought was smart and interesting and it's when he stirs his tea with rock candy and i'm like oh shit that's a great way to both stir your tea and add sugar to it at the same time that's ever yeah. That's it. That's his one redeeming quality is I like how he stirs his tea. Well, technically that tea was there in Hossein's house. So really Hussein good on you, Hossein, for yeah. having the rock candy. Thank yeah. you. And, Point and, Hossein. And, and you will crave sugar if you have the problems that ain't had. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, could we talk about one second in, on the subject of our drug deal of his pickup technique, not necessarily his seduction technique and dissect, and, but just uh, he makes eye contact with the and then it's just like uh, and it's just kind of like it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, come on. Like there's no dialogue. There's <laughs> yeah. no like, hey, what it's do you so want? So just like, hilarious. Hey, like, obviously, you want to come back to my place, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so, that is a that is a mood. You know, I think like if there's anything we want to take away from Saeed, it's the that confidence. Um, confidence. But he's no. also, you know, too much uh, confidence. A terrible person. And no, he's yeah. a huge. Like, yeah. he is just oh, like God, he is yeah. a walk. He is a walking turd. Like, you, the, you, like I don't I, I I don't know anything redeemable. Like about... my, my notes are like, oh my god, this fucking douche lord. <laughs> his, like his apartment when you get to it is a douchey modern style bachelor pad mixed yeah. with a hunting lodge. Like once again, it's like, wow, you're just straight out of GTA, aren't you? Yes, you are. It's really amazing (laughs) that a place can be that tacky in black and white. I just have to say. I know, right? That is incredible filmmaking. But yeah. All the mounted mounted heads and. Yeah. uh, Did he just. Okay. Zebra print. There's zebra print. He. a giant pot leaf poster in the background. Yeah, giant pot leaf poster. Giant pile of coke. Yeah, like like Giant Owen Wilson, uh, like Owen Wilson in uh, Royal Tenenbaums, uh, pile of weed size pile of coke. Um, I don't know why I was expecting to hear Owen Wilson in Scarface, but holy shit, how great would Owen Wilson is! <laughs> Just that moment in Royal Tenenbaums where they have all the weed on the table and someone knocks and he like goes like he's gonna cover it and then just goes, yes. That's just like forever in in my brain. But like that's this massive pile of coke weed thing on the wall he, you haven't seen mandy he, have you oh my no, god <laughs> speaking of massive piles of coke but i know he does the curls with the with the dumbbells he doesn't get out nunchucks does he i, I no he does not no. he does not okay. he doesn't that go full tyler good. durden that on would, this that would be too good if he okay. all right sorry i mean he's five minutes from that when he gets eaten look yeah, yeah. i just know if he's, a guy or gal picked me up brought me to their place 
started doing cocaine and bicep curls. No, we cannot laugh in that scenario. Like how me seduced. Well, yeah. Well, I I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because there's so much more we could talk about this. Because before we get to his apartment, we get uh, the the other uh, tacky and pretentious house in this, which is uh, Shada's house which is where Arash is working. It is a freaking mansion in this city full of like rundown huts. Um, <clears throat> the entire setup feels like softcore porn and Arash, is wearing, does. and Arash is wearing a tight enough t-shirt for it. Arash is yeah. for it to be porn. Like yeah. Shade is all in on making this porn. Arash is like, mm, this feels like a setup for porn. And she's like, you're ruining it. Just fine. <laughs> she's but. like, that's the idea. Arash just like, wants to steal her earrings. My, Come I on. I see you in the yard sweating, <laughs> wearing a tight t-shirt and cutting my cutting my hedges with bolt cutters. Um, <laughs> very, <laughs> yeah. very small clippers. Look, they had to look, oh, <laughs> like one of, leaf at a time. A lot of the budget <laughs> had to go into the animal heads in Saeed's apartment. They couldn't afford bolt. They couldn't afford like, the full edge clippers by the end. Like... Uh, I feel like Shada's um, the reason that she had that he has enough money for this car because she's just been like trying to convince him to like stay longer or she'll pay him to stay longer because you know she brings him inside for an odd job and he's like this is going to take longer to fix and she's like um, hold on I'm gonna get off the phone excuse me bow chicka bow bow let's go <laughs> and he's like no oh no the impropriety no, your, your parents your, your parents. Yeah, his master plan. Of, <laughs> oh, look, here's one, some earrings. Get her out of the room. Phase two, steal earrings. Yeah. Ma- um, my master heist is complete. <laughs> so yeah. this is where we, it is established that Arash is baby. <laughs> um, he klepto baby, but he baby. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's not, he's, he is a chaotic baby. Well, this is the only time he steals from someone who is still alive to miss it yeah i mean he's he's just he, a rogue baby it's fun he's yeah later but saeed's in no position to argue at that point are, are we in a place where we can mention of uh, saeed making um the sex workers of my head adi 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 makes adi suck his finger before making her go down on him and then he does the same thing to the girl and you know you're hoping for it you're hoping for and the you moment. know it's gonna happen and yeah you know it's gonna happen that, that was, was my a wish oh, that was yeah, such that a was satisfying so death so satisfying yeah, that's, that's the next scene is where we meet adi who is listed as the prostitute or adi in the credits uh and um she's turning over her like earnings to saeed and asking for her cut and Saeed is demanding head instead of giving her her money. Uh, and also and also giving her shit about her age. The yes. fact that yes. she's 30 like 30, oh. like come on bitch. You don't look like a spring chicken, fuck you. <laughs> also she is peaking. Okay? Like come on. She's in her prime. You know what she's she doesn't have as prime. far as we know? You know what she doesn't have? A tattoo that says sex. That's what she doesn't have. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but or a tattoo well, that says pimp. Yeah. Or a terribly tacky home. Look, how much cocaine can she snort and how many bicep curls can she do? Probably enough. (laughs) Yeah, enough. No, probably. She looks, yeah, she looks, yeah. Enough. And this is also where we get our first look at the girl, uh, played by Sheila Vand, (laughs) who is a a woman in a black chador. Chador. Well, that's not, we don't first see her there because I feel like how we're first, first introduced to her is really important. 
We see her just rocking out and dancing in her room. So this is like yeah. right here. She is sitting like she's standing watching them, um, and like then he looks back and she's gone. Um, yeah, and then she, she, he's freaked out by this and kicks Adi out of the car in in the middle of giving him head and um, refuses to give her money, taunts her, and drives away. Um, at which point he's all set up to be a great meal. Um, so the the chador is um there's a difference between you know the the chador and the the hijab and the burqa and you know there's there's significance to the difference of these various garments i wondered about that actually uh watching you know watching the film about the different about the different garments yeah so i mean you may notice in this movie that um all the all the women um in public Except for the the um, the costume party, which we'll get to, are wearing hair garments, but they're not very covering. You know, it's like the idea is to cover your hair, but um, you know, and and it's not like it's not super strict. It depends on the the town and the place and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, the hijabs that everybody is wearing, like all the women that are, that are wearing hijabs, they're they're very scarf-like. They're very light. They're very um, sheer, and they don't cover a lot. Um, very strict in bad city. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's bad. Like it's bad. It's bad city. One of the things about bad city that is important, and I think that's one of the the aspects of it that you know, when you get all the bodies in the ditch and everything, um, the that there's no real law enforcement there yeah like in the in in all of the information that i you know looked at at the film it's described as a ghost town specifically yeah Yeah. so it's it's kind of like almost a place where nobody's actually supposed to be living there anyway yeah so So, it is a very every person for themselves kind of situation um and uh the the chador is of usually a body covering garment but the way that the girl wears it, it's more of like a cloak. It's it seems to be utilized more like the like a dramatic vampire cloak because she's she, her body is visible in a lot of those scenes. Yeah, um, it requires being held closed. You have to actually like hold the chador closed as opposed to, you know, something wrapping around completely. Yeah, um, which also makes it makes it very useful as a vampire cape in some of the scenes. You know, especially later when she's skateboarding yeah, oh yeah it yeah, goes, yeah, it yeah. into full-on cape territory so oh, yeah i'm feeling that she the reason that she wears it is because it's a cape and she is um she is asked at one point by a character whether she's religious and she says no um so it's pretty clear because you know, the chador is again you know associated with a religious garment um but uh you know th- there's not a lot of religion in the movie there's there's morals certainly but um and tradition but not a lot of religion i mean do you not worship saeed's sex neck tattoo <laughs> i mean i don't but his tape deck maybe not the the, the one-liner techno coming out of it but he is high fidelity all in all the music in this movie good it's so good it's yeah. so good to flash back one second to the modesty dress and the covering of the hair and what I went into this not reading anything about where it was filmed. I didn't know or anything yeah. like that, but just like the culture being portrayed, I was surprised that there was nudity. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised at the bathtub shot, which was not a necessary shot. 
um, I mean, it exposes vulnerability and like if you're going to use, um, it better serve a purpose. Otherwise, it's just titties and titillation. You know, like what's it's just objectification. But she's like, it, to, to me, it's like, okay, here's this killing machine. She's also a girl in a bathtub, like in this mm-hmm. vulnerable. So that that was there. But that like kind of caught me off guard that we're doing like you know that we're using the cloak, this modesty cloak as a vampire cloak. We're clearly giving a nod to modesty culture. And then our hero, for lack of a better word, is shown bare ass naked uh, in a dimly lit bathtub, not in a sexual way, but in mm-hmm. a very, just in kind of a very unnatural way. But that still kind of caught me off. I did not, I did not see that coming. Uh, yeah, that, again, going into it with no, no. The first time I no, watched uh, it, it, that really surprised me too, because I, I did go into it knowing it, you know, was an Iranian American film. So I was like, oh, wow. I, you know, I, I was surprised by that, especially having watched the rest of the film. I'm like, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, now speaking of things that surprised me in this is this the scene where she, uh, before going to Saeed's place, goes back to her house and um, just dances to some new wave music for a while in her little apartment that's full of music posters, um, including some, you know, Madonna and Michael Jackson and Nelson there. I love her room and all the music (laughs) she plays is so good. I think that's such an important moment to just see like, this young girl, like this young woman, just rocking the fuck out. I mean, it's like, relatable. Yeah, very much so. Also, yeah. the, the movie does a really interesting. Like, mm-hmm. when is the set? Like, Homegirl is on a cordless phone, but she's not on a cell phone. Is she? No. Uh, do we do we see cell phones? Like, and, and like Arash's car is like the reason I made a deal out of the car is that's like a that's not like a Nissan Sentra. Oh yeah, like no, a that's vintage a vintage Thunderbird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a car you build out of a kit. Uh, and know, all, and car. also, someone calls. Um, well, uh, Arash calls Saeed's, and he's leaving a message on an old school answering machine. No, it's not voicemail. It's an answering machine that she can hear in the house. Yeah, well, he, that's notable. Saeed does have a flat screen, like a like a um, oh. high def TV. Yeah, so like there's a lot of anachronistic things going on yeah. in this film that yeah. are really interesting. It very much creates the sense of bad city is not just a place out kind of out of space, but out of time. Out of time. That's, that's yeah. kind of what I was going for. Is there's not like a hard, you know, there's not an Obama poster hanging. There's not no. like you it know, takes uh, place in the same time period as Archer. In <laughs> Saeed's decoration, it's definitely a time when there was a Spencer's. <laughs> yeah uh so she she goes back out hunting and uh passes saeed in the street and apparently that's all it takes to seduce saeed uh <laughs> is to pass him in the street um that's believable that's very vampire believable. powers he's like all right let's go back to my place and yeah we've talked about it a little bit but my note on this just says just all caps this fucking house full of drugs money and tiger shit <laughs> <laughs> yes it's very zeph Saeed, very Zeph, very if Saeed had made it to 2020, he would have watched Tiger King and been like, I know what I must do with my life now. <laughs> yes, yes, he would. Yes. And ironically, <laughs> I think he would know someone from whom he could purchase a tiger. Saeed yeah. absolutely, absolutely. someone who would own a big cat. Yeah. He's he's in, you know, Jersey Shore Tehran. Like that's his I do appreciate <laughs> Tiger thing. King letting us all know that if you ever meet someone and they own a tiger or a lion, uh, that's a big fucking red flag. Stay the fuck away flag. from that person. Uh, yeah. I, I made I made the comment when um when Tiger King was at its 
that, and Cam can back me up on this, coming from small town, you know, Appalachian, Virginia on the Kentucky border, we knew plenty of flamboyant gay men from small towns with a lot of internalized trauma and self-hatred who through mm -hmm. ludicrous parties surrounded themselves with straight boys who they showered with attention until they gave them something they wanted. The only thing is our people couldn't afford landmines or no. tigers. They yeah. had like <laughs> no landmines or tigers, but you know, but, but they had shotguns, big dogs and illegal fireworks from Tennessee. <laughs> and, yeah. And some Coke. And like, yeah, like this is, town, yeah, absolutely. When a small town objectifies you that way or, 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 or really just, or marginalizes you that way, you know, like as a, as a queer person, like that's what small town life like turns. Like I think about, think of, I'm just going to ask Cam real quick. Think about all the characters we knew of just floor of just flamboyant gay or bisexual yeah. men we grew up with in a town of 2000 people. I mean, yeah, it's How a very, many of them were self-destructive and fucking dangerous because they, they had, they, they were, they were just personalities like, like Tiger King. Like they but, were. And also had, just this sort of like, you know, you get to the point of, you know, like, okay, well, fuck you. And like, it's, no, no. that's your whole it, like reaction to the, the culture you're living in is okay well fuck you and my my yeah. life is going to be a fuck you yeah like I if mean, i'd been I, a little bit yeah. if, I, if i'd been a little bit queerer then and came out then instead of at 40 something then like i i think i maybe i would have had a mesh hat a panama jack denim jacket and a really a really high jacked up truck with a grenade launcher on the back of it maybe, maybe. i fucking would have <laughs> you might uh, have man maybe like joe exotic lived a million joe exotics live in small towns there they do they three do more states south and you know it, it it would have been a real uh, reality for you, yep. oh Florida. So arrive. My, my notes on this this whole scene with with Saeed are just uh, a mess because it's just like now he's lifting weights, he's doing coke. Uh, <laughs> like, like okay, if man ever looked at me like this, I'd run far and fast. <laughs> like I, laugh. I, I looks I'm literally sorry. flexing. Yeah, like you're like, you know, you do some coke and then you're like flexing weights at me. I'm sorry. I'm going to laugh in your fucking face. because all, 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 all I could think about watching that scene was smoking, smoking weed, doing yes. coke, smoking Drinking weed. Food. Who smokes the bloods? We smoke the bloods. This is how Jay from Jay and Silent Bob would try to like. Yeah. Yes, yes, it is. 100%. And the, the reason I thought that is the day before I saw a meme of guy and girl in band and the girl's like, I bet he's thinking about other girls right now. And the guy's on his phone going, can we do coke? Who smokes? And it was like the entire song. Yep. Like, there is a, there is a, a theme of um, watching and being watched. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's technically voyeurism, although voyeurism does have a connotation that it is, but I mean, the, the base definition of voyeurism there's um, a lot to do in the movie with um, morality and um, guilt and, you know, the things that you do that you do not want to be seen. Um, and there's a lot of that, like uh, with the girl's first appearance watching uh, Saeed and um, Adi in the car oh, yeah. like that's it that's like the classic fucking horror movie trope oh shit and they even like the music even reflects it like oh shit people fucking in a car they gonna die yeah and but and, it's and, also but it doesn't go there and that's that's really great yeah I not mean, quite the... except for <laughs> well um <laughs> th this also like the the situation with saeed also presents uh, of a, a little bit of morality at least you know to start with 
the the way that the girl hunts um but uh there's also if you think about um iran and how you know you have um you know those people who have grown up in iran um especially people who of our age the century you know used to the uh um you know, this culture of surveillance and all this kind of stuff and, and um, conservative standards and things like that. Um, and I will say right now, what I know, I know from some friends of mine, the little research I've done and Persepolis <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> researching Marjean Sartrapi. So, you know, these, these are my limited exposures. Of course, these, these things are a lot more complicated, but um, the, the, uh, um the idea of being watched and being judged is a big theme in the movie um and you know like a lot of the times you have these characters you wear your hijab in public and then you let your hair down in your in your home um you know uh and a lot of the the hunting for the most part that the girl does is within the home of these people yeah we we see her too judge arash yeah. Like, you know, she puts herself in proximity to his bared throat and like and this is and lets him live like and you know, and like comforts him or however you want to uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, like if Arash is baby, then like there is his heart placed on a scale with a feather and he was not necessarily found wanting, you know, like he was uh, she she gave him a pass and like kind of adopted him imprinted on him or however you want to live, how, depending on how you look at what a vampire is. Yeah, it was definitely we, like. Go ahead. It's definitely like the way the the interpretation, like it's definitely her like being comforted by him, comforting him, just not wanting to be with him, wanting to not kill him. But part of my brain was that's just also obsessed with what we do in the shadows. Was like, oh well, maybe it's like what we do in the shadows, and she doesn't want to eat him because if she does, then like she'll get high on ecstasy, and she doesn't want to get high on. <laughs> she doesn't want to drink the drug blood. Well, that's, that's proven wrong later because she is more than happy. Well, I mean, constantly because everybody she eats is on drugs at some point in this. Yeah, movie. yeah, so, yeah. That's its own. That's its own statement right there too. Uh, yeah. That I, I kind of had like a little be a judgy, judgy on addiction. Um, but yeah, but but the other, the, the rewind brain words uh, to, to to look at the girl when we talk about what a vampire means. We're never really once given the context that she's like ancient. We're never given that, you know, she wants to feed. We don't get, she, do we, we don't ever see her in, do we see her in daylight ever? I don't think so. Yeah, um, the sequence at the end of the car, that's, that's at night. Yeah. 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 That's at night. When they're leaving town. Okay. Yeah. So that trope plays in, but like, we're, we're not, yeah. It's just like, and our only, pri- our only effects, our only horror effects are the teeth and yeah. they hyper speed her up when, when she goes to kill and and her saying, voice um when she's oh, yeah. when she's talking to the kid uh her voice and that's a really cool effect but, but yeah. subtle yeah yeah, yeah. But every yeah everything they don't go white, crazy with it and that's yeah that's just budget too i mean it was just a really pr- you good use of practical effects she gets the pop down fangs and they weren't here there were some nice back mm-hmm. mid-range like yeah. Practical predator I fangs. Do wonder how much of the effects budget went into the mass grave ditch. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> none that's because that's just Kern. Yeah, that's just Kern <laughs> County. <laughs> that's that's, that's, right. that's right. like what asking, did they pay for that statue <laughs> yeah. in the park they shot in? No, no, <laughs> no. no. I do have to say that, like, what is not complicated to me is like this scene and the catharsis of like 
him doing the same thing with like running his finger over her lips and like making him suck her finger or making her suck his finger and like just him, her fucking biting his finger off and doing that, that was the with best the down fangs like it's so that was the best yeah so good because like like as soon as we see the the fangs i'm like my notes are like yeah fangs here we go (laughs) yeah yeah, it's like you see this and you're like oh yeah she gonna bite that off and she does and it's completely it's it's very satisfying it's also it's also you know complete ballast for like totally 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 he he is a he is a walking talking so like you know the fact that we (laughs) yes we sever his we sever his proxy phallus and and the thing is like you think as a good a shape as dude in again, Ripley Ripley waterbed, silly posture Peter. Uh, you think as a good a shape as he's he's in, he would try to fight. Yeah. He would try to like, but but he's just immediately on the floor, like, oh my, my finger dick is gone. And and then yeah. he's like, I mean, that's just, that is really a bit of realism. Like, if something bites yeah, your fucking probably. finger off, you're in shock. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't get <laughs> angry, he doesn't get macho because he spent this whole time like doing this literal macho mating dance he yeah. dances he flexes he plays his music he shows off his drugs and his swag you know and then um you know the only thing she's interested in is, is the drums and i'm like you know he big showed fame. off his drugs what more can a man do yeah oh, i forgot about <laughs> the drums i forgot the man had a drum kit in his living room he is not in a band no he is not no, in a band no with he's not he's not a band that was <laughs> like someone someone he bought those drums from somebody like it was on ebay he somebody stole that when somebody else, they, somebody else's dad owed him money for drugs. Yes, yeah. That's what I was say. yeah, he took that. And he took yeah, that he took his fucking like, drum, drum kit. kit. Yeah, I'll take your drum kit and fuck you. Like he can't play shows now. He can't pay you. What's wrong with you? Yeah. So, but yeah. So she, she, he completely loses his uh, machismo when she bites his finger off, and he is crying and and sputtering, and it's it's very sad um but it's okay because he's he's still an asshole um and then she kills the shit out of him yeah my notes say she kills that fucker dead yeah yeah there's and then goes through his shit yeah without missing a beat she just like takes all his shit um well not all his shit she takes his watch and is like his jewelry I, i did wonder if this is like a nod to like her being older is that like she's not interested in the drugs or the money she's like let me take the valuables the, the jewels yeah I know this yeah the jewels yeah and, and that would make sense yeah and it would be it would be it would be easier for her to take stuff to a, a pawn shop at night than it would be for her to try to move heroin or yeah. ecstasy yeah. in the case of you know. and and then i i love that like arash is out there trying to like sell back these sell these earrings to him so he can get his car back and like she just is on her way out and just lets him in. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. up. Go, you can go in there. She's only only kind of trying to cover up the fact that she's covered in blood, like only a little bit. Yeah, her face is just like that worried about it. She is so it's like she's been to Arby's. Like she's all covered yeah. up in the in the sauce. She's but not then, too concerned. It's great. But th- but then we have uh, speaking of jewelry and the earrings, we get that Moonrise Kingdom moment of of piercing her ears. Yeah, <laughs> which was such a strange. I I like. I'm like, is this what is? This, is this an intimacy metaphor? Is this a metaphor? It was so long. It was such yes. a long and slow, long slow like, moment. Like, I think the answer to your questions is yes. <laughs> yes. Like there's penetration. Like that. That would be crass. But is that what we're going? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. A little little ear. A little bit. ear pokey pokey. Oh. Yeah. You know I mean, that, you know like... that. I guess no judgment. I don't kink. Well, shin she shin she. 
it it does say something about consent and you know commitment oh, to shit. it does it does yeah yeah um but you know this is this is of course later because now this is the first time in the scene where where saeed is just dead um this is the first time that arash has met the girl and arash goes in there looking for saeed finds saeed dead ass on the ground and then just takes his well he considers the loot you know there's the briefcase full of loot we but don't just, see him take it no but he gets his fucking car keys back yeah exactly like, right away so presumably yeah. he goes back for the loot yeah well i think he does take the loot then he does take the money and the drugs he's yeah. predominantly yeah. worried about his car um and then well, that, what's he gonna transport the money and the drugs in and the body because he that does dr- that drum kit's not gonna haul itself that's though. right he just no, like, it's not he's just like takes it like well i guess i gotta make a stop at the old body dump and, yeah and, and, he, <laughs> and how many yeah. animal heads can he fit in the trunk of a thunderbird that's that's the, <laughs> yeah that's the next question for the third trip yeah i don't know get about poster of a pot leaf somewhere you can into the up. body ditch <laughs> Yeah, we're clearly at the point in this movie where things <laughs> stop happening for a while. Yeah. Because we have yeah. the long, like, Neo Americone music montage of everybody, like, doing stuff after Saeed's been murdered. Arash takes up selling drugs, and Hussein is coming down from drugs. And Hussein is, is uh, following Addy, and um, there is some sort of history. I assume that Hussein mm-hmm. is, is a, a repeat client, but he also has, you know, he's got an addictive personality so you know i can only imagine how that extends to uh his relationship with Addie. and they run into the girl while he's he's begging her for for free sex or talking or whatever and uh the the girl decides to put on a whole harpo marks uh routine with with, uh saying where they she just mirrors everything he's doing for a while until he freaks out and runs away this is just the girl harassing random people in the street section of the movie which is like yeah she's just stealing children's skateboards stealing children's skateboards she's gonna take his eyes if he's a bad boy and then stealing his skateboard and then just being a skateboarding dracula with like her her cape billowing behind her yeah uh, skateboarding dracula sounds 90s as hell the like, uh the wikipedia a... the wikipedia summary of the movie says at this point she bedevils pedestrians yes bedevils <laughs> pedestrians and like i'm really what are we supposed to take from this particular scene like Here's what i take away from it if the yeah, jared leto she... morbius movie doesn't have a scene where jared leto steals a skateboard <laughs> from a child i'll block it out <laughs> See, the way, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it it all comes back around to the same result. But the way that I read the scene is that she was like violently and maybe unnecessarily violently for this poor small child. Poor child. Yeah. But is threatening this kid to drink his respect women juice. Right. uh, With with visceral aplomb. Um, You know, she. Her own dare program. I really took it as her own dare program. Goal was skateboard robbery yeah and if she happened to scare him into being a better person <laughs> a, a perfectly fine bonus yeah well he cut off sexual abuse you know yeah he he ran away like terrified well, of course and then he, he ran away he didn't have a skateboard anymore yeah well no <laughs> he just gone. left his skateboard there so i thought that she just kind of grabbed the skateboard you know, I don't know if I want to absolve her of anything because you know it's complicated. But okay, um, of all the the crimes, I think we can completely put at her feet. Like 
without skateboard any... theft for like, sure. I, yeah, I think skateboard theft is like a pretty minor one. I, like, yeah, I, I was so detached from the movie because the sequence went kind of like my ADD demon started being like, "Hey, Steve," that's how they talk. Uh, hey, <laughs> over here, they're real. They're real stupid. And um, and like I look and I, and all I could think of when she's like skateboard draculating. Uh, draculing down the street is like it's because you could hear the yes. of every stroke i'm just imagining the poor audio guy having to with like a shotgun mic like chasing like like just running a skateboard over and over and <laughs> the audio editor like oh, fuck god damn skateboarding and just like dropping those audio files in and mastering them and EQing them to get that perfect <laughs> in sync with the video and, and then i came back really like, traumatized you haven't i with the sound uh, effects it's uh no it's just one of those it's just one of those things where the movie kind of went it went away yes. like our and then, like, you know sounds like a I, character I, that would be in one of the in-universe sketches of 30 rock yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> yeah and, and by the way i, I do appreciate I do, jeremy like, you you i do appreciate jeremy adopting dracula as the default term for vampires <laughs> Uh, yes. Yes. Jesse, <laughs> yes. Jesse Thorne and John Hodgman that's their whole bit is, is referring to Draculas is the plural Draculas or is it Draculi if you're fancy I imagine it's Draculi but I'm on the yeah. street so it's Draculas Draculas, uh, Draculas are, I think it's Draculas, Draculas because you, you only pluralize things that end in US usually unless usually it's as I yeah, then, you know, I like Draculati <laughs> That sounds like Gilotti. a drink. I'll have uh, a, yeah. I'll have a Ooh, I like I can go for a strawberry Draculati. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, the name Dracula is actually the only reference to vampires in this movie. In the entire film, which yeah, they never say the word vampire. They never call her a vampire. They never say that she's a vampire. She never says she's a vampire. Well, we we had that winky winky naughty naughty yeah uh, where they put the vampire teeth in Arash's mouth. Mm -hmm. at the, which is like yeah. At the, at I like party. how he like. Because they never learn each other's names, so it's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna just keep calling me Dracula. That's fine. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just spend our lives together. Not a problem. I, I appreciate that Dracula, like that that Arash to put together this Dracula costume, basically pulls out his mom's old makeup, and then like cuts up some old like clothes of hers to make a a Dracula costume. So he sacrificed his mother metaphorically. The Thing. James I mean, Dean energy once he gets has the eyeliner on. <laughs> whew, oh yeah, no, he's off the charts. Yeah, so he, he goes to Shada's uh, costume party and meets uh, her and her skeleton friend, who is actually the director. Uh, Anna Lily Amapur is the skeleton oh, girl who's cool. her buddy, who doesn't have any lines. I guess she she says something, but she whispers it. So she's um, she did not get her SAG after card. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> she's also apparently like. Apparently, any time that they're really skateboarding with that character, it's it's her doing it. Because oh, cool! Actually, a skater. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, Arash is a bad drug dealer. He gives both of them free drugs, and then gets talked into taking some of his own drugs. Gets too high, and then tries to kiss the girl, and then is just decides to leave. Just goes home late at night and gets fascinated by a streetlight. Um, at which point, he gets uh, approached by the skateboarding Dracula. He's very relatably like fucked up in this movie. Like, you know, it's not it's not super psychedelic, but you so get it. fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Where he, like he's My walking buddy. down the street and his big puppy dog eyes just look at the at the street light and uh they're is enchanted by that street light. <laughs> the point yeah. where she skates up and sees him and stops and comes back. He's like, 
I'm lost. Yeah. I'm <laughs> lost. Dracula? Like, <laughs> just... He seems very unsure who's the vampire. Well, he, asks where, he, he also asks, where are we? And that's yeah. She, yeah, he's completely that's the first time we hear Bad up. City. Is that the first yes. time we hear? It is. That's, that's it when is, we actually but... find out the name of where we are. I also had the thought, like, man, if I was lost somewhere in the city and I asked someone, where are we? And they're like, New York. I'd be like, fucking thanks. Super helpful. <laughs> to be oh, fair, shit, I think- I'm in New York. Why did I think of that? I think Bad City is like the size of a New York block. Like, I, I think took it's Bad a very City small as a town. neighborhood. I, I actually, yeah. my, my brain of wanting it to be in Tehran or someplace I would understand took Bad City to be like, that's the lame white people translation of an Arabic word or a Farsi word that, uh, you know, it sounds much more beautiful, but literally just means bad place. But, uh, but yeah, but bad, yeah, Bad City, Grand yeah. Theft Auto 7, Bad City. Yeah, that actually, I would love that just because it means eventually they'll stop remaking Grand Theft Auto Five over and over again. (laughs) I haven't gamed in years, and I know better. (laughs) I I appreciate, like, as you're watching this, she's like kind of stalking him, kind of deciding what she wants to do, if she wants to kill him or not. And he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I won't hurt you." (laughs) Well, fuck. Now I can't. That's charming. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he's like, he's like, if you need something, like, I've got you. He says something like, I've got you. Sorry, in there, like, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> he begins to talk <laughs> a vampire program here, which is just, <laughs> just, just gives her a hug. Oh yeah, because like, oh, he, I did, we should sit down and talk. It just sits down in the middle of the street. Well, he, he also doesn't even, he doesn't he, even uh, get to. We need to talk. He just is like, I have to sit down now. Yeah, I need to sit down right here in the street. <laughs> I he, love to, like, he and she classic, like pushes him on her skateboard home. <laughs> like I need, I need to sit down. And she's like, we should go sit down somewhere else. And he's like, hmm, no, I'm sitting down already. No. I can't get up. And she's like, right well, now, <laughs> put you on the skateboard and push you back to my house. That is so yeah. precious. It is. It is. It is. Um, yeah. And at well, first, you're like meals on wheels. I am a professional writer. Yes. <laughs> so I can see. Um, I I will say he does. It, kind of a cute moment the the hug a vampire thing he um holds her hand and then he's like oh you're so cold yeah. you know pets undead i suppose and then that's when he hugs her he's like oh she's cold now i'm gonna hug her in a very awkward like baby way <laughs> and that's where he's like and now i'm gonna sit down forever all right all right yep. baby <laughs> they go back to her place to have a listening party the yeah. her pushing him on the skateboard is so adorable it is the cutest thing in the world it really is also the girl has the best music taste like every song she picks out like the non-diegetic fantastic yeah she has a lot of joy division vinyl she didn't even get yeah like you know she has you know he's not he's not there yet she's not ready to share that yeah you got there's there's steps to this yeah (laughs) scene in the apartment ends with uh with Arash being like, here is my neck. Definitely you should bite this. And instead she just like rests her head against his chest and listens to his heartbeat for a while. Um, for a long time. Uh, very loudly. Just a tw- which tw- is tw- followed tw- by the note in my note in here is, oh, a dance with a balloon. Now it's cinema. <laughs> I think the very, the very best scene, like one of my favorite scenes where they're like, you know, sitting the, together and they're listening to Death by White Lies. Mm-hmm. It is 
just the sweetest and and most wonderful thing and i can't listen to that song anymore for personal reasons because it makes me cry but anyway it's uh it's like it's like it's like it's perfect it's perfect followed by joker followed by joker dancing with a balloon Like, she's she's a fashionable lady. lady has entered she the is. Fashionable, she is. fashionable. And I, I know this movie came first, but I'm watching her and all I'm seeing is Joaquin Phoenix in the bathroom, just dead. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like... What I mean, yeah, 2019 Joker. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I, was, I was like, her makeup's fine. <laughs> it's oh, no, just I, fine. I it's didn't a little know, bit Gwen no, her, Stefani. Her it's make, okay. I did not mean her makeup. I meant specifically the... Over the the dancer, the dancing specifically, oh, yeah. very Walking Phoenix twenty nineteen Joker. Yeah, and it is very like it is it is cinema <laughs> with a lot Look of at my oh, yes. cinema with a capital yeah. C. As, as yeah. I said, Frederica Fellini has entered the chat at this point. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, like, oh, right. it's cool. It's cinema now. There's a. There's a dance with a balloon. But there's no, fri- there's no fridging of this character, which I very yeah. much approve no, of. No, this is so, the last. Yeah. I, do we see her after this scene? Her dancing with the balloon? I don't think so. No, yeah. I don't think so. No, no, this is it. Look, you know what? I'm glad she's doing what makes her happy. Yeah, yeah well, that seems to be the kind of that's what I was getting from this was that like, you know, she was finding, she, she had found a respite here. You know, there was, there was some joy, especially like juxtaposed with the scene of this like cute yeah, um, romance going on. Like there is some joy to be found in this desolate place. Yeah. Um, and a uh, hopeless place. They found love yeah. in a hopeless place. Sorry. Ted. Yes. The, no, don't apologize. Don't ever apologize for that. <laughs> So we cut from that to uh, family breakfast with uh, Arash and Hussein. Um, Hussein is the worst because he's just like, Arash is like, I was with a girl. Hussein's like, nah, who's your family? She like, yeah. It's like, whoa, whoa, yeah, hold on, hold on, druggy dad. Who's yeah, druggy been... dad is so judgmental in this. You don't get to judge. You've lost the right to judge, dad. This is, this is right before uh, Addie just sees the car and having remembered the car, uh, and I guess not knowing that her pimp is dead at this point, just decides to key the car and she's walking oh, past Yeah, it. yeah, oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, it's right, great. Right. Top yeah, notch. She's been stalked by the girl for a while and. Uh, <laughs> just does not know why this girl is following her and then i didn't know where that was going either i really thought like that could go a whole bunch of different directions when the girl started stalking her the girl's like here here's all this shit i stole from your pimp you oh, should yeah. have this. yeah it's like well, actually she... like like i told to know that he ripped you off so here you go well she doesn't <laughs> yeah. say anything that she just like offers her like this yeah no she of, doesn't explain she macho just bling just like Lo, I have slain the I have slain the the Drekar Noir. Look at all this loot. His, take of his hoard. He look at his he look. He dropped like rare loot. <laughs> take it, take it. Partake in the loot. Yeah, and they Adi's like, come back to my place with that loot, and and they have an incredibly circular conversation where nobody yeah. knows what anybody wants, and uh, like, I, they don't know what Adi wants. The girl doesn't know what she is. Nothing is established. <laughs> just Nobody wants anything, and but, everyone is unhappy. But that's what the girl says. I know you hate what you do. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's kind of like the first, like little, like shot yeah. fired. You know, chink in the armor. Like, you know, like Addie kind of registers. That's like where any form of rapport 
or like whatever happens. Like what if there's any emotional connection in that entire sequence, that's the, and then from yeah, there it kind of. Absolutely. She decides not to eat Addy and then instead just eats a uh, random homeless person on the yeah, way home. Bedeviling the pedestrians. Bedeviling, bedeviling the pedestrians. Like, when oh, I read this that, poor I thought man is sleeping was... in the street. Let me lean over to him like I'm going to be nice. Oh, and eat him. Nope, eat him. Like when, when it said bedevil, I thought maybe she like played harmless pranks. <laughs> no, people she laces no. together and like went by on a scooter through a water balloon. She <laughs> maybe eats or at least terrifies. She uh, gets this she man and immediately goes home water. and finds a note on her door from her her cute Dracula boyfriend. The, the problem <laughs> cute Dracula help. boyfriend. The hey, was... meet me at the power, the power plant. plant. Power... That, that romance, romance, baby. That romantic step of the power plant. And look. <laughs> Maybe if that homeless guy had had a skateboard for her to steal, he wouldn't have gotten eaten. <laughs> is this the bad? Is the power plant the bad city equivalent to the Walmart parking lot? Probably. I think yes. the power plant is adjacent to the body pit. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think like, some... I think power plant romance side of the power plant far far east side. But if you cut across the power plant, it's overlooking the body. Pit, I mean, if sure. it's really going to be the nicest part of the town, I figured it would like have a nice view of the it's body a... pit. It's like body pit, power plant, and then over here is the cat theft ring. Like, yeah, yeah. Cat <laughs> cat and then with gentrification creeping in, it's cat theft place, body pit, power plant, brick oven, pizza. Brewery yes. upstairs. That's that's the combo. <laughs> it's just sweeping bad city. Bad city brewing is coming. Drink oh their God. yeah their skateboarding Dracula double IPA. The vape, <laughs> the vape place <laughs> is right across the street. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The dispensary. Yeah, the dispensary. Yep. Question yeah. is, are we talking uh, real wood fired pizza, or do they just call it that? But it's not. That's the question. The latter. Yeah. Probably the latter. Yeah. I mean, who knows at this point? I mean, it might be. I mean, the pizza may be burned on wood from a trash fire, but why not combine the power plant and the wood yeah. fired pizza? I mean, all I know is I all mean, this means. Hey, all... you can make power either way. All yeah. I know, all I know, is this means power. That the, that's how girl... that's how powers the Ninja pizza Turtles. Power. That's turtle power. Yeah. All I know is is this yes. means the girl's little new wave apartment rent just doubled. That's what it means. Yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. it means. That's what it means. It Got means that brick oven fun. pizza, the the brewery, and the art gallery. I have to eat twice as many people and steal their shit <laughs> for this apartment. Uh-uh. Damn it! And now I'm gaining weight, and now I've got I've got other Dracula's body shaming me because I'm 150 years old, and I've got to do something where I can afford a smaller house. And- so uh, there's her backstory. Um, <laughs> rock and roll so um there's a there's a bit here i mean there's some very artsy transitions where you have a sunset and then there's this recurring image of um which i believe is within the the mind's eye of the girl um i could be wrong it could be some tunnel that goes to the power plant or something or the tunnel that goes to her house but we see our coming through a tunnel I I definitely have the impression that it's like a recurring image or like a recurring dream or something because a lot of times you see it right before she wakes up yeah so I I think it's her like sensing his approach or his presence or something like that yeah Dracula Dracula powers Dracula powers for sure um and so they meet up at the power plant um listening to sad songs (laughs) He's really into they really, the sad songs. The sad songs, they really hit the spot, as he yeah. says. Um, and uh, the Arash realizes that he still has some diamond earrings that he didn't uh, trade for a car. Um, 
and tries to like give these. them to her. So he finds out that her ears aren't pierced. Um, and so he's like, ah, well, there's nothing I can do about that. And she's like, actually, pierce my ears for me and then I'll put them in. Yeah. Now there's something I want to, I, I got the sense that the her not having her ears pierced was indicative of her either her age or her origin or something like that like there's something about her not having her ears pierced that's significant i don't know what it is um at Prokhorapod on twitter please let us know <laughs> if you know please let us know yeah One theory i'll throw into the mix is if she's a vampire maybe she got like some super vampire healing powers oh yeah like so if she goes like more than like two days without wearing earrings then like they unpierce and yeah Mm. also back before you know back before she got turned into a vampire they didn't have a claire's nearby so she didn't have a place to get her yeah so she has a ear trauma from the gun (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, would would it have been awkward if they had wooden backs and he pierced your ears she was like (laughs) <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. i think it's just the heart the heart okay. yeah well the story don't pierce your heart don't pierce I, I just your heart. all i could all i could think was moonrise kingdom and the lure earring in moonrise oh, yeah. kingdom just like and her be like ow 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 the whole time but like the girl's just like no the other one too the other one too the other yeah one. but I, I do agree with what we were talking about before that it is a metaphor for consent because like he acknowledges that he knows her ears are, and mm-hmm. so he's kind of asking permission when he gives them to her and that's that's an interesting little thing going on there it may not be a sex scene but this is very not subtly a scene where he literally penetrates her (laughs) yes yeah and penetrates her and her fangs it's come out. Barely a, it's barely a metaphor. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> this is literally him penetrating her, like, make with explicit consent. Um, there's a, a lot of this movie is, uh, I, let me start that over. Um, okay. <laughs> a lot of this movie is. Nope, it's not. I don't know what this movie is, but what it is, is not. Uh, what I was going <laughs> to. <laughs> oh my god so many thoughts at the same time um the this movie deals with sexuality in a very symbolic way um and it isn't it does evoke the feelings of um vulnerability and um intimacy without the, the so much nudity right i mean there's some there is nudity but it is not sexual nudity the most skin that we see shown in a sexual manner is saeed's chest and it was very sexual yeah. it was even labeled it, as such. it was, <laughs> it was yeah, labeled it sex <laughs> yeah <laughs> i oh. i assume he doesn't have a fetish about like you know his clavicle or something like that's not where he wants to have the, do, have the sex have the <laughs> sex um sex right here you see yeah right here <laughs> In my jugular notch, please. Uh, there is a there's a line, or I guess an exchange during uh, the power plant date that I really love, when the girl's like, "You don't know me," and uh, I and uh, I'm sorry for getting his name. Ar- Arash's response is like, "Yeah, no shit, we just met, and I was super high." Yeah, that's what, that's what the date is for. That's what that's this why, is. That's why we're doing why we this did. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then she goes all Billie Eilish, and she's like, I'm a bad guy, and make your mother mad type, 
Might seduce your dad type. Might murder your dad type. <laughs> might well, your dad type. Might murder your dad mm. type. Um, you know, she says I'm bad and I've done bad things. Like, you know, that poor homeless guy. And he's like, I'm good with that. You're a hot Dracula. He's like, like, I'm bad too. I I stole a cat, maybe. I stole a cat <laughs> and but some earrings. Stole a cat and, and some I said the F a dead guy. <laughs> but I, and I bet you could. And I bet you could do a sick kickflip if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> I do love how effortlessly Arash takes over Bad City's entire criminal underworld. <laughs> right. It's like, well, he, oh, he has. He has the. Briefcase. Now. He has. Yeah. The he has all the drugs in the drugs whole, whole <laughs> He and has is all the drugs. Now the kingpin of Bad City. <laughs> This isn't. This is a side quest on Grand Theft Auto. But... It is. It's totally a side quest on Grand Theft Auto. Man. Yeah, I kept so... waiting for David Cronenberg to show up to, you know, take it back. And David Cronenberg, yeah. what do you think this is? Star Trek Discovery, where he is actually guest starring. Yeah. Uh, that and would it's be... weird every time. I mean, I love it, weird. but it's weird. Um. I, I was just expecting him to bring in his vaguely Canadian goons to come uh, Holy take shit. back I the. I forgot. Blood and die and blood and die. My God. Yes, a... David Cronen, David Cronenberg was the the uh, boss of the Toronto Mafia in Blood and Donuts, who operated um, yeah. out of a bowling alley that he did not own. He just hung out at the food court. <laughs> this is a, this is a very watchable film. Um, yeah, and much like uh, what's his name in Blood and Donuts? <laughs> what oh is my god, don't know, I don't remember anybody's uh, movie. I feel like sexy page boy haircut somehow couldn't handle retaining too much memory of Blood and Donuts. Like, for my own sanity, my brain was like, I can't handle the greatness, you need to like purge in order, like, like. Like the Yellow King. Like I watched it, and for my own sanity, I had to get rid of the memories. <laughs> it was too glorious. So um, she leaves him by the railroad tracks. Yes. And uh, this is where this is where we get just the downward spiral of the movie. Everything goes bad for everybody. Hussein has a complete breakdown and starts yelling at the cat because he's convinced that his dead wife is watching him through the cat. And Arash <laughs> is like. Dude, what the fuck? You trashed the fuck? house and you're yelling at my cat. Which, Get out, take your drugs and go. Knowing only train spotting, uh, his dad is clearly in the midst of a heroin withdrawal. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. This, is like, this is like if you and McGregor was like, there's a baby on the ceiling, and his parents were like, you're fucking crazy. Get the hell out of here, you baby watsy and weirdo. Yeah. I mean, he's going through through withdrawals a couple points in this movie, but this is sort of the worst. That's when it gets real bad, yeah. Yeah. And, and you're having heroin withdrawals. Take this heroin and go. Again, like, it's, it's, his entire his entire character's arc is driven by grief. Yeah, I yeah. know Hossein is like a complicated character, but wow, is Aras just so unlikable in this scene? Like he just comes across so bad in yeah. this scene. Yeah, Arash, the director. Like, for- I get it. You're pissed. Like you know, Dad's like busting up the house and shit, and it's not cool. But come on, dude. Well, there's a clear there's a clear under. It does feel like the payoff to the undercurrent of them where Arash is like resentful of his father that he has to be the one 
taking care of them right. both that the person yeah. who's supposed to be taking care of him is, is just laying around like isn't fulfilling that parental role so yeah. there's definitely that was done but i'm like man it's one thing to like kick out your dad at his moment of greatest weakness but fucking stop being mean to the kitty yeah, I got, that, I got, that is what upset me about this. I'm like, what do you mean you don't want the cat anymore? What's wrong with you? Like, that cat's fuck. adorable. It looks like my Blargy. That you cat Dracula is Peterson perfect. Fuck. He's <laughs> a chill, wonderful snuggle boy. How he is he's perfect. What is that's, wrong with you? That's actually where I paused it and went and Googled to assure myself <laughs> that nothing else was happening yeah. to the fucking cat. The, yeah. The yeah, my dad, stomach was just like... Mm. I mean, the literally dad, bad things happen to everybody else in this movie. Everyone except the cat. The cat. Okay. Shuffling and like picking up the money and the drugs and then just like carrying the cat and walking out. By the way, and the way he's like, the and, he, and Hussein is actually like gently cuddling this cat. Yes. And it's like, dude, Arash, what's wrong with you? Even dad is like cuddling this cat like appropriately what's wrong with you and it's That's a it's a heartbreaking you... moment like seeing it like is. He really doesn't want to lose his son who is casting him out but can't fight this addiction he's in the grips of and the moment you feel bad for hussein he decides to make and you he, uh, yeah and then there's shithead yeah and then i you know they i become immediately okay with what happens to him after yeah. that and he decides like it's not enough for me to get high i need Addie to get high with me and like not only pressures her to take drugs, but then like he forces her to take yeah. drugs. Yeah, he her up with a this belt is... and injects her with uh, with heroin. It's a violation. Like, and mm. again, if yeah, this, this is, is not, not okay. If this movie is not doing sex scenes, but is using literal in like penetration as metaphor, yeah. it's not very hard to figure out what this is scene represents, and uh, it's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, the scene itself is very upsetting because it's, you know, she's there in bed and, and he asks her to dance for him. And then he like ties her arms up and forces her force an forces an injection on her. Um, After she tells him repeatedly that she doesn't want yeah, it. She doesn't yeah. want it over and yeah. over. It's, oh, it's, a it's hard, very it's, upsetting. It's very absolutely. upsetting. It's very, it's. I kind of feel like in its own way, it's the most upsetting scene movie. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, it's up there for sure. Um, it's certainly triggering. I would say it's very it's, triggering for, for people who um, are easily triggered by, uh, you know, scenes of, of uh, sexual assault. It's, yeah, it's upsetting, you know. I mean, there's other scenes that are upsetting. Like, it's upsetting in a way that, like, this scene and the scene with Adi and Saeed in the car. That was my... Yeah, like, those... These two scenes are really kind of of a piece that, and just being like very disturbing and hard to watch. What's wild to me is the implication at the end of this scene is that um, Hussein was actually onto something with somebody watching him through the cat because like the cat is watching what's happening and then it, it cuts to the girl who's like, wait, what? What's happening? Like, and... <laughs> Like turns around and goes back, and I was like, "Is the implication oh. that she's actually watching like through the cat?" That's like, that's some that's some literal Dracula ass shit right there. Yeah, that's what that is. I mean, my my interpretation was, you know, the walls are probably thin, and she's walking by, and she hears what's going on. But it, it, that's I, I, interesting. That's an interesting note, though. That definitely contributes to the voyeuristic themes we have yeah. going on in the yeah. movie. 
I, I kind of read it at the time that she had somehow imprinted on Addie, like you know she had interacted yeah. with her, like maybe had some sort of Dracula tracking thing going on <laughs> because she had touched her, knew her scent, or you know something. Yeah, and and just all this because all of a sudden she's like, oh, you drugged my friend, so now I got to eat, you know, and then I'm a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do think that also. Um... I mean, I think that the cat juxtaposition could easily be read as her having, you know, the, the kind of animal familiar Dracula powers. Yeah. Um, and also, she does seem to have a sense of uh, when abuse is happening because she was there to, to witness um, Addie and Saeed in the car. Yeah, yeah. Trauma so, sounds tingling. Yeah. So, so in this way, this movie is like Bruce Willis is unbreakable. Uh... Oh. A little bit. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in a million years. It's pretty much as Bruce Willis has like trauma sets. It's like, oh, you're a bad person. I'm going to go do, I don't know, M. Night Shyamalan can't direct action. Well, he... <laughs> <laughs> um, what's interesting, too, is that the uh, the breaking point for these people, I mean, these people have been doing bad shit for a while. Saeed's been doing bad shit for a while. Hossein, you know, he's a he's an addict probably you know he said some bad things before but you know he's but he's probably said and not treated arash right but the second that abuse happens she's there she's there yeah she threatens the kid drains him yeah um you know and i i don't know what the homeless guy is about so that's the only like that's the hole in that theory but yeah you know there might be just it's a dude crime of necessity She's yeah it's <clears throat> yeah um and you know um i think that it says more that 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 particular scene with the homeless guy sa- says a little bit more about the state of the world than her morality you know yeah. um because you know even though uh even though arash is like literal baby He's not literal baby. It's figurative baby. Figurative baby. He's still doing drugs. Figurative um, baby yeah. would be a good name for an, a synthwave album that baby. the girl would li- probably listen to. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put, yeah. I'm putting on the figurative baby LP. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then so, Adi is like, "Well, gotta help you find a way to dump this body." Like, yeah. They just dump it outside. Yeah. Outside the little Moppet's apartment. Um, yeah. Just like here you go. yeah i'm like why don't they just drag it off to the body i'm like guys that's what the ditch is for what it's for (laughs) just take it off to the body pit god i feel like because uh they had an idea of who he was they couldn't just put him in the body pit like they needed him to be found um but they couldn't like they wanted him to be left somewhere he was found quickly so you know he wouldn't be all fucked up when or he found, found quickly because like the kid sees him drop yeah, the kid and then immediately is like right oh i'm gonna go tell my friend arash that his dad is dead and laying outside my apartment yeah, yeah although he won't say and you know he has had the fear of uh the girl the fear yeah, of put into him yeah. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um he won't say who killed him the who killed hussein but Arash's um, uh, grief is evident. And I feel like that scene with Arash and Hossein, where he's talking to him about where he's where like he kicks him out. I feel like that's just one of those moments where Arash was 
trying on that like fed upness and sternness like he was he was fed up but he also like he'd been he had put up with his dad so much that he was sort of trying to be an asshole to get him to like fix his shit um and had yeah. no idea how to deal with it you know totally did the wrong thing yeah. it, it definitely seemed like also a component that caused um him to like really kind of lose it and really lash out was that it was Hossein was specifically destroying like all the photos of his mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was part of it too, I think. Um, but yeah, the, the and the idea with the cat too is that the 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 mother was watching him and therefore judging him, you know. Yeah. Um, and so there is something something interesting implied about that cat. Um, you know that there is not just and and of course the idea of of being watched and judged. But um, the uh, the the cat being present, you know, there's a lot to to take from that. Whether it's you know the the everyone's guilt, it's their self awareness, it's you know a reflection of themselves. You know, this is any of these things could be applicable to the cat. But um, the uh, you know the the specific thing that Hossein said about the cat you know, I think is the most indicative of, of what that, what he feels, what, and that, what the idea of watching in this film is, is saying. Yeah. And we don't, we didn't say it, but uh, the same thing happens with the cat again, which is like Adi and the girl go back to her apartment after getting rid of Hussein's body. And Addie's like, now you take that cat and leave. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why is everyone so mean to the cat? I need like, what is wrong with all of you people? So I, many people are mean to this cat, and I don't like. This like cat. It's the sweetest. It's the sweetest, kitty. softest, chonkiest little boy <laughs> in the whole world, and like, like uh, Saeed's just picking him up, you? like making it like in ways he doesn't like. Like fucking Arash is just like, get it out. Addy is like, I want that thing out of my face. Like, f- who wouldn't love this kitty? I mean, so the girl I, is the only like, one. The girl, the girl the loves cat. the kitty. That's who loves the kitty. That good, Arash, good. Partially. You know, I think I think also Arash wanted to get rid of the cat because he was just like, you know, it made him feel soft and he didn't want to feel soft. Because he also agreed that it contains his mother's soul. Well, he soul. needs therapy. <laughs> That's not an answer. But I know. <laughs> but, I, you know, I think that Arash Blarky, didn't... I would never send you away in a fit of grief-induced anger. I would, yeah. Now that cat yeah. looks also looks like Oswald, who is my literal child. Well, then, I keep like, saying literal, he's not. Yeah, and then, and and then Arash decides to like pack all of his shit and run away and shows up at the girl's house and is like, quick, pack your shit and let's go. And then like as she's packing her things, Arash sees the cat. And I feel like the implication with this uh-huh. is like, he knows. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He's like, uh, you can just see him putting the pieces together. Like, but that's but then his the cat I just sent my like, druggy dad off but, with before but, he dies. His reaction is basically kind of like, <laughs> well, to me, that's the it's last, not, though. That's the it's last, not, though. He's just like, he's thinking about it. Like, that's the it last takes him time of the movie, to like. really. Like, because when he, he stops the car at the he very, stops the car. Like, just get out and think. You can tell that the gears in his mind are being like, yeah. Am I about to spend the rest of my life with the woman that killed my dad? Yeah. Answer? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he's well, like, yeah, I am. I, I feel like he, he feels just as guilty yeah, about. So he's a participant in, mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. Know? Look, at some point, I yeah. like, look, 
Did she kill my dad? Yeah. Is her record collection dope? Also, yeah. Also, yeah. Does she is she into my cat? Yes. Trifecta yes. hit the road. Did yeah. she like yeah. rescue my cat and bring my cat back to me? Fuck yes. All right, then. This does show that the ending to The Graduate would be remembered way differently if there was just a cat distracting everyone from Dustin Hoffman. And like, <laughs> yes. They're like, oh, how about all like that look of regret on the end? It's like, I didn't know. There was a kitty like just showing his belly and I was just watching the kitty. Oh, so like, they, got, they fell in love. They got on the bus. There was a cat. I thought it was a very sweet ending. The yeah, cat. I mean, the two of them with the cat drive off into the darkness and like eventually like you can see he's clearly like got something on his mind you know having figured this all out and then just like pulls off off to the side of this country road to like pace in front of the car and be aggro and, and like gets back into the car and is like uh, and then reaches but, over and gets an, an, a new tape and puts I, I love it though because it's like he reaches over and at first you're not sure like is he gonna open the door and make her get out nope he's just getting a tape cool it's yeah. like once the music's playing, like that's the, their thing. It's like that's he's their made, thing. Once he puts on that tape, he has made his decision. Yeah. The scene with the two of them in the car, where it's like both of them are super tense, but the cat is wandering around behind them. The cat is like in the middle of the frame. The cat's just like, yeah, that music, cool. Well, the, cat, <laughs> the cat's expression. Like both of them, you everybody's expressive, and the cat is kind of bringing this together. Like the cat's kind of looking at both of them, and when the music starts, the cat's is like, "Oh, music, okay, yeah, cool." At We're one going. Point, there's like a four second stretch where the cat is just staring directly into the camera. Yeah, the the this cat yeah. needs an Oscar. I'm just saying. Yes, the cat needs an Oscar. Cat One really sells this last scene. The in a way that yeah, I'm like I really hope best this actor in the film. Okay. I'm like, I'm really, I'm watching. Like, I'm hope this story isn't relying on any subtle facial emotions at the very end because I'm in my, all my attention is on this cat. It's on the cat. It's on the cat. <laughs> cat's facial emotions, cat's subtle facial emotions are the most important at They're that so scene. Perfect. So. Those I, I picked up on all of those. The yeah, cat is telling yeah. a story. The cat is telling a saga. Um, yeah. the cat is telling the saga of who is going to pet me. Yeah, there's I a lot of tension here. I need and, less and tension, who, more who, petting. Who's the best boy? Who's the, how big is this yawn? How big is oh. this yawn? Oh, that's yeah, it's question. big. Yeah, that's <laughs> so the best boy. They leave Bad City and they escape to Mediocre Town. <laughs> Mediocre Town, where the, where the um, body pits only a third is big. Yeah, well, let's see. Is it a third smaller or is it a third bigger since they're like moving on up in the world? Like, <laughs> they recycle all of their bigger, bodies, bigger city, yeah. bigger body pits. Um, they just turn them directly into dog food, like in Whoop Whoop. But, um, <laughs> well, I like that, that's efficient. Oh god, there is a do- there's a bit with a dog a Fargo in- style body mulcher situation. Yeah. Hey, Sweeney Todd, Sweeney Todd had the saloon the entire time. Yeah. yeah. My to favorite quote. Sondheim musical. It makes sense, economical, it's vengeance, it is salvation. Right arms are it's wonderful. Again. And I don't even uh, like musicals, but that is one that I do like. Him. I like the Frank Reynolds on its always sunny method of throw me in the trash and let the dogs have my body. <laughs> So a bit of interesting trivia is uh, that I that I got off of ID, I, IMDb um, is that the cat wasn't originally a part of the movie, but the director thought was so impressed by the cat's performance that she included him. 
fucking same. I would have believed they went back and did reshoots where the actors had to mention the cat where they didn't before. <laughs> like that Arash like completely nailed a scene of like, you know, like a total like Lord uh, Lord Capulet thing, like beg, hang, die in the streets without me. You know, like this emotional like Oscar level performance. Yeah, we need you to do we that need, again. Like, uh, but can you mention the, the cat? cat? <laughs> it's been three weeks. I don't even have. We're doing research. They've called us back yeah, in. Just... Like, this is very. Do you want? Do you want the film to come out or not? Like, oh, fuck you, Dad. I love this performance. Cat. I'm going to need about thirty percent more cat in this performance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of the cat. So if oh. the cat's not on screen, all other characters should be asking where the cat is. Look, we've been showing. And, and if note, not, uh, note how little dialogue there is when the cat's not on screen. Yeah, we've been showing this to test audiences (laughs) up and down. They're all saying more cat. And if the cat isn't on screen and no one is talking about the cat, someone should definitely be. (laughs) (laughs) They're saying he might get to be Tony Stark's cat in the new (laughs) Iron Man movie. Right. (laughs) And there's some, there is some good acting in the, of the cat. I mean, I, I don't think the cat's acting. The cat is a cat. Literally. This cat is literally a cat. This time. Cat who knows where it's at he's yeah. uh sheila as the girl and arash Mirandi as arash i thought both did uh great jobs like oh, yeah, yeah. Really um as little the fact that they were able to sell such a legitimate emotional connection between their characters with such, with such little dialogue yeah yeah um this movie does a fantastic job of of pulling off of that um slow paced contemplative atmospheric uh i guess art art house film yeah it's Um, it's an atmosphere art house atmosphere yeah yeah but it is deliberate i mean it's there's a lot of movies out there like um i talk about one of my recommendations i'm gonna go ahead and say is only lovers left alive and that movie is beautiful and it has some good stuff about character development and stuff like that it doesn't feel as deliberate as this movie does about the character's decisions. You know, there's this very theatrical, there is a story that is linear um, in this film. Um, are you and, telling me that Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston are prone to faffing about? I would pay billions of dollars to, to just watch, watch them, them faff, faff about. about. And that's why I love that film, um, even though it's kind of plot light and that's okay because that's not what it's about. But this movie does have a, a coherent story um and it you know it does have those those uh more subtle elements that are a bit more interactive in that they you know you can project uh your meaning on them and and um you know come back with various different meanings that are um you know unique to you as the viewer um and you still have a bit of a message now the director said that she didn't really intend a feminist message um at least that's what she said and but she did say that she had um you know she had some other uh political related decisions that she made um but in in interviews she mostly said that this is a film about the craft um and you know i've seen a lot of films that are about the craft of filmmaking um that are awesome this one does have those deliberate decisions that 
feel satisfying to the viewer and and you know you can connect as well as some of the more interpretive kind of stuff um so yeah there's a little something for everyone yeah the cinematography in this is absolutely gorgeous it's yeah. just mm-hmm. wow and there's cats there's yeah the, this is the cat this is like I, said, I guess while we're talking about uh you know feminism there let's jump into some of our mm-hmm. politics here and, and i mean do we think this movie is feminist uh, yeah i do um you know it's not the same kind of feminist that the black christmas remake is or that bit is um but the fact that it it all of its um that these female characters are treated um or the i should say the way that they're treated uh because they're treated differently of course because you know the girl is is she is a girl but she's also a vampire and she's also mysterious she doesn't have a name but um you know these if the women in this movie have a uh, a little bit more complex character than just you know is this woman here to to <laughs> um pass or fail the Bechtel test yeah uh i mean it definitely does pass the Bechtel test yeah. absolutely um, yeah and i i think it's really interesting you know it's it's very like in the case of of Adi in particular it's very like not not specifically pro-sex worker but not anti-sex worker like it's very like judgment free as it goes with her like the only thing that the girl really says is like you don't like what you do like that's mm-hmm. what's wrong with what you're doing is that you don't like it you know you you don't want to be doing this yeah and that's don't actually know what you want anymore not that different from any other job really yeah not not not, not, not to get be to the point of not liking what they do not, not to be the cis male in the room but uh does it pass the Bechtel test because the conversation with Adi and the girl starts out about why do you have my pimp shit, which would be a conversation about a man. Yeah, but th- it then moves into like, what do they desire out of life? What yeah, that's true. It moves on. So but, like, but I'm just yeah. gonna say, on, on, I'm not I'm again not trying to be like, a, oh no, it doesn't pass. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, would it be unfortunate? Because yes, this movie feels feminist, like in the way it treats its women characters. Plus, I'd that- say even that it's more about his shit than like Saeed's stuff than it is about Saeed. It's true, but at the same time, it's still, it's that there are people who will argue that test with you fucking all day. I'm not one of them. Uh, but <laughs> it's just like, yeah, but it's just like, it does have, it does have the deeper, it does have the deeper, mysterious, unexplained, unapologetic, powerful women who are not tokenized. Um, mm-hmm. it, it does act as a, the girl is not subject to the male gaze. She's mm-hmm. fuck you to the male gaze. She's yeah. mm-hmm. bite your finger off to the male gaze and kill your junkie dad to the male gaze. Not junkie dad, your addicted dad. Uh, yeah. That you know, your your non consensual drug giving dad to the male gaze. Like she is in defiance, like not endangered or imperiled by by men at all. The question is never asked how to kill the girl or if somebody is going to like. She right. is a force of nature in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, never. She's never in. <laughs> peril or danger or anything like that there's never a point where saeed has to go or not saeed where uh where arash goes like oh no the girl i have to go save her it's like no she's nobody even attempts to attack her yeah she is in charge of the entire situation all the time she is doing she is the bedeviler not the bedeviled (laughs) exactly (laughs) and the other thing is her connection to arash whatever that is never weakens her Mm-hmm. Like, no. sure, she doesn't eat dinner that night she doesn't like nom 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 his throat but at the same time there's she no, still like, kills his dad <laughs> yeah there's no like there's no like oh no i am suddenly 
weaker or unable to feed because I'm in love. There's no bullshit like that. Like they don't. Yeah. And I worry that they would do that. This or that somehow she would sacrifice her sin. Oh no. Or, or some bullshit no. like that. But it never went there. Um, I'd say a hundred a hundred percent of the movie smells, looks, and tastes feminist, whether it had the agenda or not. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, 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 that was my takeaway when my notes were like, with like strong art vibe feels, 2010 Steve Shell would have a tattoo of this one. And, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, w- I would even say like he won her over because he was willing to accept her as she was. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think like she I mean, clearly doesn't have any any feelings for Macho S. Saeed. I think it's like Arash's like vulnerability that makes him interesting to her like she's 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 I mean because he is high as a kite and completely useless when they meet yeah but like he's kind to her um and like it seems you know like either that's attractive or just interesting to her well she doesn't expect it she doesn't expect it like she almost seems exasperated by it for a second when he's like she's like oh yeah an asshole i can't <laughs> this guy dressed fizzy, as a vampire you would be yeah, i would love kill you would be a fizzy drink is what you yeah. would be right now it's like god damn like, it yeah when he it would be when so he ironic her, she's just like it's so like doesn't know what to do with it like like in her mind she'd already planned on killing him and taking the plastic teeth and putting them in the throat wound for someone to find like as a joke like she had it yeah. all played out and yeah, she had like, all damn it. Damn it. you had to be a nice guy but he's not a nice guy he's not it Nice he's not guy. a quote-unquote yeah. nice guy no yeah. <laughs> i also like that she's not not a monster they don't like re- they don't no they don't right yeah not at all maybe she's that's the where, billy eilish where... song she's a bad guy <laughs> and maybe that's where the killing the homeless dude was kind of like that's the that's yeah the I, I think that's part of it it's just like say, it's like saying like no really she's a vampire yeah if she hung if she hungry she don't eat yeah. anything it definitely, it <laughs> nom, definitely nom, nom. feels like an important moment to make sure that as much as we like her, as much as, you know, we don't want to see anyone attack or anything bad happen to her. Uh, I think it's important that, especially because the other victims are a like Saeed and then Hossein who commits like a terrible, terrible crime immediately before being killed. So I think that a homeless person is kind as terrible as it is for to have a, yet another movie where the homeless are just disposable victims, it is a moment where her vampirism is presented in a completely unsugar-coated manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, again, going back to her voice when she threatens the child too. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. There were like, like we don't know that was a bad kid. We don't know that kid. Oh, was but like- no, no. Like I and I, I hadn't watched it in a few years, and so I'm like watching it, and like also just kind of like can't always keep track immediately. So I'm like skipping back and like, okay, let's watch this scene again. No, there's no reason to think there's anything that kid has done wrong at all. Yeah, and she's yep. like she uh, she does give him his the respect the drink respect women uh, speech, but like she kind of takes pleasure. She does fear like like she, she drinks does. that up like soda. Like that's just like you know, and she goes graphic. Like the kid, clearly, she could have let the kid go because yeah. she does the harp on Mark thing with him too, of like blocking him, like not letting him by. Yeah, and then, yeah. Like, you know, and yeah. Then, yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, that whole that whole scene is amazing. But going back to if we need to remember, she's a monster, like a force of nature. You know, that's like, the thing that yeah, that's one of those scenes that you're like, yeah. yep. 
Because otherwise, it's like, look, who among us hasn't yelled at a small child in order to steal their skateboard? I mean, I taught school let, for 16 years. Let so. he who is with him cast the first stone. That's a glass house I live in, buddy. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, that kid, when she was, when she was fucking with that kid, um, just blocking his way and stuff, he was already scared shitless. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, she yeah. She leaned in. She, she put her hand on him, um, yeah, just on his like... shoulder. An adult is fucking with you. You're scared immediately. Yeah. And then she's like with the fangs and the voice and everything and just like really, really goes overboard on it. So, you know, she's, she has, she is bad. She's done bad things. When Arash, uh, or when Arash's father is killed and the wool boy sees who did it, and Arash is like, you have to tell me. You can tell how traumatized that voice is. He's like, I'm not telling you anything for both our sakes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, also, yeah. there were there were no cops at the dead body. I was going to bring that yeah. up earlier when we were of talking about Tom. She's like, she's like, oh, look, it's it's old Hussein. He's, like, oh. He's just like, again, it's like it's a ghost. It's a it's like it's a ghost town. Like, there's no cops there. Was somebody like, wait, somebody's like, wait, is this a body pit drop off site? Nobody told me this is a body pit drop off site. Oh, man. <laughs> it is. It's like the, the Domino's meat point, where if you don't live close enough for Domino's to deliver, you can go meet them, and it's like the body pit. It's or an Amazon pickup zone. Oh, my God. I hear in mediocre town, people come to your house and pick up the bodies. <laughs> 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 on scooters. On scooters. They on scooters. Trailer. They have yeah. drones. Oh, man. I'm just, I'm just imagining, like, a corpse being flown through the sky, like attached to four drones. Like weekend, like weekend at Bernie's five, just like. Yeah. Well, that's Decentville, or they have that. Oh, yeah. 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 That's Decentville. Holy shit. That's where the Amazon, dist- that's, that's where the Corpse Body Distro Center is. The Corpse <laughs> Distro Center is actually in Decentville. De- yeah. Yeah. All the trucks that go <laughs> the pick, up, pick up the It's in Bad City. <laughs> I don't know how, but progressively nicer open graves just, uh-huh. just sounds like some kind of metaphor for capitalism. <laughs> yes. I mean, like yes. We, no matter how much we get, we never actually fix a bad thing. We just get the nicer version of the an awful thing. <laughs> the gold plated open graves. Yeah. yeah. The gold, the open graves that actually have like some ma- markers on them. But yeah, that, that brings us to class, I think. There is a discussion of class here. We have a huge yeah. difference in class. You know, I, I don't want to make any excuses for this, this uh, sad guy experiencing homelessness getting straight up killed. But I don't think it was a judgment call on the direct, you know, it's not like the, the homeless characters in the craft that are scary nuisances that in this case, it was a reflection of the, yeah. the terrible unchecked class problems in this place. The vulnerability um, that puts people yeah. in. Yeah. This movie is full of class dynamics and how it affects relationships. I mean, you have, Shada and Arash's relationship and the way and like her sense of superiority towards him uh, that comes with her higher class. You have Arash's whole again, the movie puts no moral judgment on Arash immediately becoming a drug dealer. Yeah. It is only presented as a logical choice for him, even any kind of like upwards mobility. Yeah. Uh, I, right. I think... and it, was, it was also it was also kind of tied to the vengeance. Yeah. Uh, he he took what he took what gave Saeed power over him, 
and used it for himself to wield that power, whether yeah. that was a good power to use justly or well it or whether it's selling drug girls at costume yeah. parties and getting blasted on Molly to work out with a streetlight. Either way, like he sees that power for himself. And you know, yeah. we have like that's a I feel like and then Hossein, I mean, you really have the effects. I mean, it looks like I mean you look at Bad City. I mean, this is a widower who lives in a town with no infrastructure. I imagine been out of work for quite some time and how easy it is for uh, predators like Saeed to prey on people like Hossein to cast them into addiction and just like further a self-destructive cycle. So I feel like with even with Hossein and his addiction, uh, there's like real class elements. You want to yeah. stretch with the homeless guy metaphor a little bit. That's a person that society has put at risk and made vulnerable for a literal predator. Yeah. Or yeah. Like a literal like hunter that's needs to eat something weaker than it to sustain itself. And the you know the the failed the failed society of Bad Town <laughs> being a lunchable the for our protagonist. Yeah. yeah, I think it's worth noting that we never hear about that guy again. There's never any point where somebody's like, oh. The dead body of this guy was found. One more for the pit, man. Yeah. Like, it feels like he exists in the movie to make us not go like, huh, sure has been a while since the girl fed. Like, I wonder if that'll come up. But it also just speaks to the casual, everyday monstrousness that her existence requires. I wonder if there are other kills that didn't make the edit. Yeah. They had her, you know. I mean, she's okay. at that point specifically not to kill Arash. So I guess she's like, yeah. gotta eat somebody. Mm. Well, to me, I also thought like, oh, well, you definitely don't want to eat Arash. You're at your own apartment. You're going to have to clean that all up. Like, that's going to be a total pain in the ass. You know, don't eat where you live. Like, you know, take him someplace else where you're not going to have to clean up. Yeah. You don't want to look. Fair. You've got a lot of nice records. You don't want him bleeding on that. <laughs> Well, you know, you you might get a blood spurt all over that lovely Madonna poster. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. That shit's you, vintage. You um, take you take him outside, or you put up like the plastic, like you're in the kill room on Dexter. <laughs> I do want to mention the um the posters though, and this is something that I picked up from uh from reading Persepolis, um, and you know when we're talking about. Uh, well, this is less about class, but more just about, um, you know, place in society. Um, in in uh, Iran, for a long time, the uh, the pop music and the posters were things that are really hard to get in, you know, certain times and certain places in Iran. Yeah, and it it, it also was indicative of not just being like sneaky, you know, being able to like get that stuff. You know that you have a particular method of getting that stuff but you know and, and the the novelty of that but you know there's a lot of things that can be going on there there's the there's the her age her abilities and also the lack of of regulation in bad city but you know usually those things were taboo so the fact that she has all this western culture stuff could also refer to a certain amount of taboo associated with her and her her personality her existence that could also be her her Highlander living room. Uh, <laughs> you know, do you know you know you know what I'm talking about? The the entire movie of Highlander with the premise spun from the idea of what if there was this guy that had an apartment full of antiques like a museum, but they were from his one lifetime. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, what if those posters, we don't know what time we're in. Like I said, we're kind of timelessly cast, but there's definitely a retro feel to the things she likes. Yeah. Maybe that's sort of a lean. And yet, yet, like, you know, we talk about new wave shit, but, like, White Lies is 2000. That's that death, the song, that's 2008. That's new. Yeah. The song, you know, the song, this movie is, like, 2014, so yeah you definitely get this sense that the things she has span decades yeah sure okay all right i am not that educated on modern dark wave i recognize retro like goth stuff but i don't i i will admit i don't oh i am and i can bore you with it for hours (laughs) when we can travel we'll go on a road trip at some up con or something and i'm sure yes yes it'll be fun oh con someday yeah you remember those they'll Uh, be back they'll be back soon those everybody get your vaccines it's fine all right, so, so got going through yeah. our questions. Um, what, what does this movie have to say about uh, race, racial justice generally? Uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot. I think, you know, uh, everybody, pretty much everybody in this is, is a person of color. There are a lot of, you know, uh, Persian, Iranian uh, yeah. actors. In this. Um, but there, there's not much variety in that way. There, there aren't any real like, black folks in this, um, which is probably you know fairly accurate to uh what this the small city in in iran would be like um but yeah i mean it's a it's in terms of um diversity there's cultural diversity but there's not um i mean the the characters know like racial diversity you know again because of the setting um but the whole idea of you know an iranian vampire western is in and of itself um and you know the musical artists that they talk about lionel richie and madonna and you know um the the diversity that that they i mean if you really really want to stretch there is a of an ideal in the music that they listen to um of you know the, the the these diverse artists but um However, if we want to talk about diversity, there is the the rockabilly, um, which is more of a of a place uh, appropriate diversity, I think. Um, and the fact that she's there, yeah. I think, is important. I think that that's specifically uh, a little more on the LGBT side of things. Yes, we do have you know this, this sort of trans rockabilly character who is not. Not a huge part is, but it's sort of a background and observer of the whole thing, uh, who would be very unusual and very distinct within this, you know, Iranian society at this point. And she, there's no judgment of her character. There's no, um, she, I mean, she doesn't really talk enough to be any sort of stereotype or or trope or anything like that. Um, she's sort she's of bit, she's an observer and. Yeah. Uh, and the director herself said, you know, if this movie makes a political statement, it's the inclusion of that character because it's not okay to be gay in Iran. Yeah. And so she's got this character who, you know, is fine and nothing nothing bad happens. Yeah. You know, it's just you're here, you're part of this community. And uh, and so that's, I mean, I'm, I'm glad like you did that character wasn't fridged. Nothing terrible happened. It's just like, yeah. Hey, I'm here. I'm part of the, I'm part of the town. And so, yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, um, it's I not think big, it's but it, it is refreshing in, in what mm-hmm. it does. Um, 
I guess the, the one other thing that this does deal with, I feel like quite a bit is um, it doesn't deal specifically with any sort of physical disability, but we do have, you know, addiction and trauma and depression and anxiety is like big parts of this movie um, specifically, you know, addiction as a, as a disability. Um, and I think it's, it's treated really well overall in that it's not the movie itself is not judgmental about, um, you know, this the state of the character of Hussein up until you know the point where he crosses over into abusing somebody else um but you know it, it treats it really it treats his his addiction really sympathetically yeah um and the the honesty of of that depiction yeah i think is also important you know the there is no romanticization of uh um Drugs. drug use in this film yeah. Um, you know, even though Dracula is obsessed with the streetlight, he's still, you know, he is in that moment more vulnerable than a girl walking home alone at night. So, you know, that's yeah. a uh that's a very much away. on the end of edge of being killed at that moment if you know yeah. She, uh, yeah, yeah. If she had been uh, as monstrous as uh as she could be. Um, or if he if he had just like behaved slightly differently. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Now, uh, with all that said, would we would we recommend this movie for other people to watch? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. I mean, a vampire movie with this kind of style, this kind of pacing, that's bringing the that cultural Iranian American perspective and voice to the genre. There's nothing else quite like it. Like it's utterly unique and definitely worth checking out for sure. Yeah, if people like this one, uh, what what other stuff would we recommend? Uh, Cam, do you have anything you would recommend for people? Oh, uh, you know, absolutely. Um, I, I let's see, let the right one in uh, the original Swedish original. version. Uh, by God, not the fucking American nonsense. Uh, Near Dark, which is another oh, sort yeah. of, uh, you know, vampire western, and six, six String Samurai, which is not horror, but you know, you know, <laughs> gives you a lot of the same feel. Those, those are some that I would recommend, as well as The Dead Don't Die. Like we talked briefly about Jim Jarmusch already, mm-hmm. uh, and I do absolutely love, um, only lovers left alive but the dead don't die too gives you that sort of feel of oh hey here's this weird quirky small town uh so i i think that people might enjoy that as well i just watched emily ascend when you said six string samurai she just i like, love that movie isn't it good it i love that movie <clears throat> yeah uh what about you steve you got anything you would recommend people check well, out kim 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 and i have like such weirdly similar tastes and such widely varied tastes that she took two out of the ones that i would go with near dark um second i mean like obviously- i mean the same person made us both watch six string samurai so <laughs> wait who was that charlie that. back oh, in the yeah. day we've been friends for a very long time we've been friends for like (laughs) we've been friends for 20 some years you guys 1995 long long time wow yeah yeah yeah. that's Um, more than 20 years uh yeah 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 yeah. uh but like i always say like if if someone tells me they don't like vampire movies and they're of y'all's generation i always throw the lost boys at their head oh fuck yes (laughs) just simply because it's something that needs to happen um near dark of course is just like that's um I'm trying. Gosh, I am 
there was a werewolf movie and I am blanking on it. Just and I cannot Teen Wolf. Yes. <laughs> no, Teen Wolf 2. Okay. No. <laughs> and every time anyone yeah. mentions werewolves i just guess um, <laughs> yeah i am i am horribly i am being horrible and i am blanking because somewhere i fell out of horror and as ironically i make my living writing horror now because like i like dark i mean fiction. you re- you read it but you don't watch it and that's yeah. you know that's a difference yeah yeah i'm just like it's i, I like gosh I, every movie i've ever watched just fled out of my head because i'm like i've got near dark in my pocket cam's not going to say dark no one's mentioned that movie because like throwing star and then i just i don't have <laughs> uh let the light let the right one in is without a doubt the worst cgi of any vampire movie to ever exist for creatures that aren't the vampire uh the cat scene in the original uh, let the yes. right one in it's just so ridiculous Lord. and bad if, if i so may bad. can i can i offer you uh deacon frost's blood tornado form in b- the first blade movie <laughs> blade. Oh. listen so when the blade movies included triple h uh, from the WWE uh, or WWF back then i i i lost um you mean the game the, yeah, it's time to play the game. The game is now the game's official name within the industry now is just the son-in-law uh, <laughs> because he is basically going to inherit it if they don't sell it. Uh, do you guys remember speaking that we referenced the WWF Attitude Era? That's why I'll do all panic and talk about pro wrestling. When Blade came out, that's when WWE intro, uh, introduced Adam Copeland as Edge and had him as a trench coat wearing, stalking the streets by night, having rage-filled episodes and punching the air. That was his entire character vignette. Arriving via the audience. (laughs) Yeah, arriving via the audience, feuding with Gangrel, licensed the name from White Wolf. Yes, and his his vampire stable, The Brood, who would arrive by not coming down the ramp through the crowd, but levitating up through a circle of fire, drinking goblets of blood. So, like, it was completely like Edge, Blade, Gangrel. Yeah. So, when vampires came to wrestling, which Gangrel, of course, is the legendary vampire warrior, I will think of something and I will tweet it out of movies that I would recommend because I am blanking because I actually had alcohol and ate curry. So, therefore, my <laughs> brain is in a pleasured bliss right now that cannot cannot be reached. You ate so, alcohol curry. And curry. Hey Emily, did you hey, have any recommendations? I well, I I did mention only I did mention only lovers left alive. Um, there's something that I think we can all agree on. Um, and uh, there, if you like the feel of this movie, but you're not so much into the vampire thing, there's a bunch of Jim Jarmusch movies that are very much like this. <laughs> there's you know there's Dead Man, there's uh, Down by Law. I also feel like the vampire, the the picky vampire, punitive killing aggro dudes element of this movie is also shared with Bit, which we did the podcast about uh, before. If you haven't heard that that episode, check it out. If you haven't seen that movie, please check it out. It's really really good. Yeah, um, girl vampire and a vampire girl gang. Yeah, it's it. it's it's off the hook. Nadia is also similar kind of uh slow moving vampire movie i haven't seen it in a long time it has also has kind of the same sort of pacing and then if you like the all of the weird background shit going on in this movie if you like the feel of it but want to be scared out of your mind a little bit more check out the short films of david lynch and uh eraser head there's a lot of a lot there's a lot of steam and spooky things happening in eraser head and then it's also like very terrifying i don't know how it would rate on the progressive scale but that's uh it's a conversation for later i suppose yeah uh ben what did you have hey 
Do you want another supernatural horror-based romance, but from a movie that's not as mm, good? <laughs> Try Warm Bodies, starring Nicholas Holt and Teresa Palmer. It's ringing endorsement. Okay. <laughs> it it's sure is okay. there. Do you you want like hey? I like horror romance, but I wish this was distinctly more CW. And also, if 20 minutes of it could just kind of feel like an Urban Outfitters commercial. <laughs> Who doesn't want to watch a 20-minute Urban Outfitters commercial, honestly? <laughs> uh, so my recommendations on this, uh, the, the one I had written down was uh, has already been mentioned, which is Let the Right One In which is very much in the same mood and attitude of this movie, except for the one scene where the woman gets attacked by 20 clearly fake cats and catches on fire. That is a scene in the middle of this like very slow, very long movie will immediately make you burst into laughter and not be sure that you like this movie. You just have to, you just have to hang with it a little longer. Um, but yeah, Let the Right One In is great. Uh, I would also recommend uh, if you're looking for slow, moody, and incredible horror movies uh Guillermo del Toro's The Devil's Backbone is uh mm. incredible uh like if you've seen mm -hmm. Pan's Labyrinth and you wonder what th that movie is like with like a hundredth of the budget uh that's what The Devil's Backbone is is like Guillermo del Toro doing everything he's good at doing without having any kind of budget to do it and still somehow making it spectacular yes I can <laughs> uh yeah so um that wraps up the recommendations. Before we uh, wrap up for the night, I want everybody to to let people know where uh, they can find them online. Cam, where can people find you online? Well, they, they can find this show at um, Old Gods of Appalachia on Instagram and Facebook and at Old Gods Pod on Twitter. Uh, and they can find me personally at Cammy Cat on basically everything. Awesome. You can find and, me, uh, can find me on Twitter at Steve Still Angry. Um, I am very bad at abusing the Old God Pods account to hang out and interact with fans. Yes, you are. And maybe I end up discussing pro wrestling or old hardcore bands uh, occasionally as the show, and that's kind of fun. But uh, yeah, you can find me at Steve Still Angry, which I'm horribly not active on. Uh, and of course, you can find us at oldgodsofappalachia.com. And also a link to our Discord server is right there on the website. So if you want to come hang out with other people who are frantically connecting dots through three centuries of faux Appalachian history right now, trying to figure out where our, uh, our, our next, the last third of the season, that's a good place to go. They're trying well. so hard right now and it's adorable. <laughs> yeah. I never thought I would have a fandom is weird. I don't say that like, Oh no, no it's really fucking strange and really weird. And like, I, love it. I I've had a couple conversations lately about the difference between fans and fandom fans and there's a difference mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we're actually launching a uh, if we can plug something our patreon is going to be launching a talk show a top panel talk show of six of the best commenters during our live events when we've done live reads on discord we picked the six people five or six people who are the best wittiest quickest and they are going to be on a panel uh called the red thread society and, that, and it's not and not just from live shows but we you know also like just chatting in our discord these are the people who are like really trying hard behind the scenes to connect the dots and figure out what's going on and they are so, a they are a wonderfully gender diverse 
crew of folks I felt They're like I forced was teaching, to be reckoned with. I, I felt like I was teaching at my hippie magnet school. Uh, <laughs> just, just the gender fluidity of our panel. They are all wonderful people. Uh, so that's good. That's going to be happening. Uh, but yes, oldgodsofappalachia.com. All of our social media is there. Come hang out on this. And thank you for having us. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. This was great to have it. Yeah, I hope it was a fun time. Whoa, whoa, it was so much fun. This was great. Y'all are. I like. Let me tell you, you you gave me like an outlet to force Steve to watch one of my favorite movies. Uh, (laughs) So like, I I was like super excited when you contacted us. I'm like, yes, I'm gonna make Steve watch a weird Iranian vampire western. Fun times. <laughs> I like that. I, I like it. My, I, my. It's, ADD, I knew you would. It's, it's like weird but awesome. Yeah, my, my ADD brain doesn't do well with movies right now. It's just a thing. Oh God, so I know. I like. I, I've seen it before, and I still had to be like, oh, I've missed something. I have to skip back and watch things. But the best thing about it is like, there's not a ton of dialogue. Like, <laughs> there's so much that has no dialogue that you know. It's not like, oh God, I've missed people saying things again. And I, right, and I, right. I like that. It, so, yeah, it helps so, me. <laughs> so th- thank you guys for moving my brain can process. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the best actor in it has no dialogue. The kid. Yeah. <laughs> that kid, ate, that kid, he deserves. Yeah. That kid, he deserves an Oscar. And uh, Emily, can you uh, let people know where they can find uh, you online? Um, I'm uh, Megamoth on Twitter, Tumblr, and Patreon. If you want to visit my Patreon, I, I do things there. Um, I'm Mega underscore Moth on Instagram. Someone stole that Megamoth right from under my, my feet. Um, and if you want to see my online portfolio that is sort of kind of out of date, uh, <laughs> I'm at Megamoth.net. Um, and uh, also, uh, if you go on to various bookshops.org, um, that is to say bookshop.org shops, um, you can find Princeless, which is uh, the comic that Jeremy writes and I draw, and we're working on the, f- the final question mark volume of, uh, of Princeless right now. Keep an eye out. Um, and if you haven't read it, it is available on, and I think it's also on Comixology, yeah? Yes. Excellent. So um, go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Ben, what about you? You can find me uh, on Twitter at, at BenTheCon. Uh, Renegade Rule, a queer esports action comedy, is out this May. And I can announce that uh, in September, uh, there will be dropping the comic book tie in to the Ubisoft game Immortals Phoenix Rising that I wrote with art by Giorgio Brooks. That's awesome. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at, at jrome58, J R O M E 58. My website is jeremywhitley.com. You can go there and check out stuff that I write, including uh, Princess, which I do with Emily, Raven the Pirate Princess, which is our queer lady pirate spinoff to that. Uh, and then, you know, all the fun stuff I do for other people, um, including School for Extraterrestrial Girls, second volume of which is coming out this summer. And then, uh, you know, you can also check out my work for Marvel and IDW there. So whether it's My Little Ponies You're Interested In or Unstoppable Wasp, uh, it's, it's all available online. You can pick it up wherever. Uh, the podcast itself, Progressively Horrified, is on Patreon at patreon.com slash progressively horrified on Twitter 
at Prague Horror Pod. And our website is progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm. Please, we would love it if you would come subscribe and rate and review. Uh, give us all your stars. We live for stars. Um, I do want to, one more time, just thank you so much to Cam and Steve for joining us. Uh, you know, we're, we're huge fans of yours, and it's so nice to uh, have you guys here to, to talk scary movies with us. Oh, thank you again for oh, having us. And like, like ask, ask us again anytime, at least me. I'm like, uh, I, I, <laughs> I can't speak for Steve, but I will come back and talk scary movies anytime you want. I can be persuaded. Of course, as always, thank you to Emily and Ben for joining me. It uh, is a pleasure. I love you guys. Love you too. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, drink your respect women juice. Drink Stay your safe. respect women Stay Stay safe. Drink your respect women juice so we don't have to take your eyes. Yes. Stay safe. Stay horrified. Best horror movie of all is the real life we're living in. Progressively Horrified is created and produced by Jeremy Whitley. This episode features Jeremy Whitley, Ben Kahn, Emily Martin, Cam Collins, and Steve Schell. All opinions expressed by the commentators are solely their own and not intended to represent the intent or opinion of the filmmakers, nor do they represent any of the employers, institutions, or publishers of the commentators. Our theme music is Epic Darkness by Mario Cole 06 and is provided royalty-free from Pixabay. Support us on Patreon or contact us on Twitter at ProgHorrorPod or by email at ProgressivelyHorrified at gmail.com.